Do you think that if you were falling in space, that you would slow down after a while or go faster and faster? Faster and faster. But for a long time, you wouldn't feel anything. And then you'd burst into fire. And the angels wouldn't the angels help you. Because they've all gone away. Masters of Profundication. I am Tom Witham. And I am Steve Piles. And listen closely to this. That's you making popcorn. That's me pretending to have a sour beer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretending when you could have the real thing. Uh, well, I have a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the sound of sour beer. Oh. Being gurgled. Gurgled? Very distinctive. Or... Gargled. Is there a different gurgled? I say gurgled. Okay, so when you have like a sore throat and you take some like warm salt water water and you put it in the back of your throat and kind of oh, blow air no. bubbles with it, what's that called? Gargoyling. <laughs> yep, that's that's what we say in Michigan. We say gargoyling it. <laughs> so do you? So you have gargoyling in Michigan. <laughs> we have Hamburg in Maine. <laughs> Fuck your Hamburg. <laughs> um, that was very prolonged, protracted discussion. I know. It was great because it, for some reason, throws you into a tizzy. <laughs> it's not a thing. I swear it's not a thing anywhere else. What do you want on your pizza? Hamburger. Like a normal person. Come to me. What do you want on pizza? Hamburg. What are you going to make? I got some Hamburg from the supermarket. Okay. Yeah. Did you go to Germany? Like, what's happening here? This is the stupidest thing. Maybe I did. Maybe you did. That's true. Maybe I went to Hamburg, Germany, and I yes. got some ground up cow, and they said, Guten Tag. Lederhosen. Willkommen. <laughs> mein Hamburger. <laughs> Schnell. Yeah. That is the extent of my German. No, it's not. You know, one more phrase that you just don't want to say. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to say it, so. <laughs> um, What's going on? Besides not speaking German because it gets me in trouble. Yeah. Uh, What's going on in your neck of the woods? How's the new place? It's not so new anymore. The shine's off. No, it's still oh. shiny. It's still shiny. I like it. Okay. New car. Uh, since we have done an episode neck last time, I've got a new car. This thing is amazing. Let me tell you about the newest feature that I just spontaneously discovered 
yesterday. Oh, what does it do? Does it have like those cartoon wheels? Like when you're going through traffic, you push a button and the wheels are on stilts and you get raised up like 12 feet and you can drive over cars. Yeah. Yes. Me and the Spectre Gadget. We're just <laughs> zooming on by. <laughs> that was an aftermarket thing, but I do have it. Yeah. What no, what's spontaneous it, feature? It's a bit. It's like it blew my mind. I n- not even have I never seen this. I've never heard of it. It is. I don't know what you would call it. Reactive windshield wipers so when it rains they automatically come on no i like i turn it on but it okay <laughs> guess what Look, i i have windshield wipers is, that, that come on 20... when i turn them on too <laughs> they're reactive like when i see it rain i <laughs> just to my I flip a switch and voila don't you take this from me <laughs> <laughs> what kind of windshield wipers did you have in your old car did you have to like reach out the window roll your window down and reach out with a sponge and kind of nope. just I had to scream at it for five minutes straight. <laughs> work! What's wrong with you? Why don't you work? I just slapped the steering wheel really hard. Just bam, bam, bam. And then eventually they would pity me. That's, But I'm pretty sure that's typical in most cars. Uh-huh. These okay. ones, I flip a switch and they start moving. It's, no. Okay, so it reacts to the amount of rain once I turn it on. Once I turn it on, then the reaction starts. It went faster <laughs> or slower. <laughs> Very important that you understand this. So we're back to the fact that <laughs> you have to turn on windshield wipers. Yeah, we're not that far in the future yet. <laughs> okay. Automatically. All right. But depending so how much what, the, depending the, how much rain there was, if it's faster or slower. Done. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right. The astounding thing of it is there's a sensor that determines how fast they're gonna go. Not yes. necessarily that they automatically come on when it starts to rain. I was I was so happy. I was so excited about it. You just stole my thunder. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, I'll let you steal some thunder from me. All right. Um I don't know what I what we'll steal later. I'll steal it later. Put it in the bank. I'm stealing. Okay. I, I have a really, really good question for you. Wait, wait, wait. Question. Also, also, automatic headlights where I turn it on and it detects the amount of brightness. <laughs> no, no, no. So they're automatic in the <laughs> sense it's dark out. I have to flip a switch. <laughs> oh my God. These headlights came on when I, I touched a button and I could see. It's so all you're, saying, visual. you're saying that like when a car's oncoming car is coming, they automatically dim? Uh, no, they're not that cool. Like they're kind of dick headlights or those kind of blue ones instead of yellow. So I'm sure people are get pissed off, but it turns the brights on automatically if there's no cars coming. But you have be... to but you have to turn them off. No, it, it turns it back off again when it sees cars in the di- like if it spots headlights in the distance, then it turns the brights off. And then when the car clears, it turns it back on again. That well, oh, okay. That's what I meant when I first my first comment was that they're automatic high beams. Yeah, don't, uh, don't well, tell me in Michigan you don't call them high beams for no. I call them, call them high beams or brights. Hamburgs. Wait, do you guys so, do you guys call them brights? No, we call them high beams or low beams. You never call them brights at all. No. What What are the What's the opposite of brights? Lows. Uh, dims. I guess. <laughs> Dimmer. Not as bright. There we go. My so the not, not as bright. <laughs> yes. Man, this is getting fucked up here. Hold on a second. <laughs> in Michigan, how, do you? Well, you have the Upper Peninsula with like horse-drawn carriage, so I, I guess yeah, that, you get a pass. That doesn't count. Actually, that's funny, but if you go almost to the Upper Peninsula, you go to Mackinac Island, it is horse-drawn carriages yeah, by that's law. What I, that's what I said. Yeah. Well, you're being facetious. I was being serious. <laughs> you take you your... were You were no, really I... shitting on him. I was really sh- no. <laughs> yes, it's I... Like a, it's a tourist thing. Yeah. I feel yeah, like... The, the I UP feel like never I'm... Counts. 
I feel never like counts. This episode, I'm just going to say something, and you're going to repeat what I say in in a in a Michigan <laughs> way. I'll translate it. Okay, man. The people overseas listening to this are confused as yeah. fuck. <laughs> no, okay, they need to learn. So... They need to learn how Americans disdain each other for no good reason. <laughs> So let's uh, let's run down the features you have on your car. You have windshield okay. wipers that change according to how much water is hitting my windshield. That's amazing. You have headlights. I have headlights that automatically dim when there's an oncoming car, and then automatically bright. Turn when... on the brights. The brights. And what else do you have? How did you never call them brights? Seriously, I don't. It's high beams and low beams. Yeah, see, Matter we fact... had high beams and brights. Like it was, we were more versatile. We had, it's like pop. You could say to a Michigander, pop, and we know what you're talking about. You could say soda, and we know what you're talking about. So hold on. I got to get back to this. High beams are just regular high uh, headlights? No, high beams are the brights. Okay. Okay. So you turn on your headlights, and there's no, it's nighttime, and regular level, regular level is just headlights. I'm turning on my headlights. Yes. But then, it's dark and there are no oncoming cars and I want to see better. So I turn on the brights. Okay. So then you've got another level that's called high beams. No, high beams and brights are the same thing. It's just two words for the same thing. Okay. I feel at this point in time, I need to stop and ask you if you're drunk already or if you're having a stroke. <laughs> you know what? The beautiful thing is I can make up whatever I want and you really can't call me on it. <laughs> In Michigan, we wear hats on our feet, and we and hamburgers <laughs> eat people. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so, uh, so you got a cool car. Doesn't hover, but you know, yet we'll get past that. I could make it hover if I wanted to. Every every car can hover for at least a second or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get going fast enough in the in the rain, I've got this really cool feature with my car, and it'll it'll skim across the top of the water. My it's, car does 360s. It's amazing. <laughs> it's dangerous, but you know, it's my middle name. Uh, it's got so much. It's so great. Anyway. I feel like I'm driving. I, I feel like I'm driving Kit. I just yeah. I wanted to talk to me more. Like I feel a little, a little lonely when I'm driving. I, I needed to talk to me a little bit more. <laughs> like I can turn the GPS on and it'll talk to me a little bit, but not the uh, same way. Change the X. That's you know what is really funny is my phone. Siri on my phone and my GPS, the TomTom that I had, you could change the voices between American and English accent, but oh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't change it to like Japanese accent. Like that, <laughs> that's what I want. I want speaking. You go left now. <laughs> I want English speaking no, with I a said Japanese <laughs> Japanese accent. That's Where what you I going? want. Poor house, no love for you, Doctor Jones. <laughs> oh man. That's what I want. But yeah, uh, cars are getting super fancy now. You've got a really fancy car. That's the car I want when I grow up. I want a Fusion. I just want, I'm just waiting for the moment when there's one stupid little computer bug and the entire thing becomes undrivable. Like it's so complex. Like I love it, but it's so complex and so computerized now that it's just going to take one stupid bug that's going to like have cascading catastrophic failure. And I'll be like, hey, look, my car doesn't drive. Oh, this is great. <laughs> This is what we do in Michigan. Yeah, in Michigan, we push our cars on the street all the time. <laughs> in communist Michigan, uh, <laughs> car car drive human. Sure. Yeah. So I have uh, I have a, a question. Okay. I need you to define rock and roll. Um, 
It's when you have a mostly spherical igneous piece of matter on a somewhat slanted surface. Mm-hmm. And then gravity takes effect. What if you have like a chalk block or something? A what? Can you can you stop rock and roll? I have a chalk chalk block? Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right. What the hell's a chalk block? Do you not know what a chalk block is? Okay. I I feel like a embarrassment's about to be on set. <laughs> okay. But no, Let, I don't. Let's just say that you have a heavy object on wheels, maybe a car or something, and you're on a slight decline or incline, whatever you want to call it, and then you have this triangular shaped piece of rubber or wood or whatever, and you can wedge it underneath the, the wheel of this object so it doesn't roll down. Okay, see, now I would I know what you're talking about. I would just call that a wedge. But that is not a Michigan thing. That's probably just a me thing. <laughs> Okay, it is no, it's, it, no. I take it back. It's a Michigan thing. We don't have, we don't call it that in Michigan. Yeah, we call it Chud was a. <laughs> you call it paintball. Chud was a. You just like if you're on a if you're on a steep angle and you have to get out and change the tire, you just have one of your children lay down in the road and stop the vehicle <laughs> from rolling. Uh, you change when the you tire. Like the least. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you you spilled your milk this morning. You know what your job is now. All right. If if I were to say a rock song. Rock music. Yeah. Rock lobster. Rock lobster. Uh anyway, rock. Rock music. Mm-hmm. Can you define rock music for me? Um, probably not. What would you say? Up tempo, needs a guitar, needs drums, or let's well, it doesn't need drums, but it has to have a guitar. Um there's probably some kind of strict definition that has something to do with like tones and notes and beats and Yeah, probably. I would just but- say up tempo needs a guitar. Yeah. Rock music. Lay- layman's terms. So if I were to name some rock songs to you, you'd you'd probably be able to you'd probably be able to name some rock songs, right? I feel like you're leading me, but I yes. am. I am okay. leading you. I, I want to get to um the stupid, stupid ass Grammys. Oh, okay, because I thought you were just gonna destroy my entire conception of rock. No. No, I maybe think the, I maybe the Grammys I, are doing that. I think you and I are on the same page with rock music. Um, do you consider country rock music? Um, I would say that there is a cross section of country music that has adopted uh, rock, just just as much as there's a cross section of country music that's adopted hip hop. <clears throat> hmm. um, do you listen to any country music? God, no. Okay, well, absolutely, hundred percent. There are country songs that mimic. All genres. I wouldn't say all. I mean, there's probably not very much classical, but um, any um, any contemporary, any music style that you'd probably be able to categorize in modern times that's got a top 40 list. Well, I've, you know, I've heard country songs, obviously, because you you can't avoid them, but (laughs) as much as you try, as much as you really would. Left and right. (laughs) It's like carpet. Uh, yeah, can't stop it. Can't stop it. <laughs> um, but so I will say categorically, I hate this genre of music. But if you pin me down, I'd probably have to say yes. Country could be considered at least modern country could be considered rock and roll. The guitars, the drums, the beats. Yeah. The, like it's, I just hate the way it sounds. Well, but I also don't like every song that's considered rock either. So there you go. If you were to, um, if you were to say country is 
country has changed. Country is more pop now mm-hmm. than it was, say, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, definitely 20 years ago. Country music is absolutely pop music. Um, and there's a small contingency that is staying straight country. But that I that's beyond what I wanted to mention today. I wanted to mention that there is a... Um, a Grammy award mm-hmm. for best rock song of the year. I'm about to be angry, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're probably going to have some question. There'll be some, you'll, you're going to, you're going to get perplexed. Okay. Um, but it's, let me see if I can give you what Wikipedia is calling this award. Um, it, the Grammy award for best rock song is an honor presented at the Grammy awards blah, 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 to recording artists for quality songs in the rock music genre. Okay. Um, actually, there's a link for rock music genre, and I'm going to click on that. And it says, rock music is a broad genre of popular music that originated as rock and roll in the United States in the early 1950s and developed into a range of different styles in the 60s and later, particularly in the United Kingdom and the United States. It has its roots in the 1940s and 50s rock and roll, a style which drew heavily on the genres of blues, rhythm and blues, and country music. Hmm. So, all right, let's, I, I got a little sidetracked there, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you that this is a fairly new, it, when you think of the Grammys, do you think of like an old tried and true um, award ceremony? Like the Grammys have been around for a very long time, correct? Yeah. And I've never been a big partaker of the Grammys. So, but you, you understand what the Grammys are. Yeah. What, it's, yeah. It's, and, it's the Oscars for music and what a Grammy can do for a performer oh, yeah. or a songwriter. If they, if they win a Grammy that, elevates them to a different stratosphere of ability to work and be creative and make money. So <laughs> getting a Grammy is pretty important to to people in the business, just like, you know, it would be for anybody getting an Oscar or, um, you know, a BET award, a CMT music award, all these awards boost. But mm-hmm. you also, in my opinion, want to believe that these people are being awarded a Grammy based on like some sort of guidelines, some, some standard, yeah, some standard. So it, I don't think that we have to sit here and say that, you know, they're, they're very artsy fartsy. Um, and they, it's not that they stay away, especially in the Oscars. Um, a lot of the times the winner or at least the nominees in the, in a particular category are, outside of what's considered mass consumption. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, they tend to, unless something's just outrageously good Mm -hmm. um, that's in the mainstream, they give awards a lot to, I guess, chance takers. I don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe. But definitely the more obscure. I I don't know where I was going with that. Something that they haven't heard or seen. Right. A thousand times before, I guess. Right. However, I would like to believe that I may not be an expert, but I it's I know a good song. I know a good rock song when I hear a good rock song. So I may not be the authority on rock songs, but I know what's good. And I feel like a good barometer for that is maybe the top 40. Yeah. Most well, most most requested songs. The, yeah, the and actual, then top 40 would 
reflect more pop than anything else, I would think. But still, it's you're right. It gives a good indicator. Right. A good indicator. So let's just say that uh, where I'm going with this, and boy, I've digressed. But <laughs> this category, Best Rock Song, was started in 1992, which really, if you ask me, was not that long ago. No, that's way later than I would have thought. Right. So wait a minute. Well, okay. I guess I'm not to hijack it too much, but wasn't there that whole story about in the 80s, they made a category of best heavy metal song? Like there's this whole thing where Metallica was supposed to be like the heavy favorite. Like everybody's like, they're, they're making yeah. a category for Metallica, but they gave it to Jethro Tull. Yeah. Actually, they did that like more than once, I think. So, yeah. Well, Metallica did a, a I want to say it's Injustice for All, like did a, grammy losers version or something yeah. like that like yes. we released it but that was in the 80s and that you're saying in a heavy metal category became something before first rock song category that's crazy yeah so the I, i'm just gonna say in 1992 the winner uh is sting the soul cages for the song or album it's it's for best rock song because i don't know that song no i don't either but yeah. in 1992, it won a Grammy for Best Rock Song. Let me tell you what it was <laughs> up against. Let me tell you what it was up against. Brian Adams, Can't Stop This Thing We Started. <laughs> uh, James Addiction, Ben Caught Stealing. Okay, that one is rock. Enter Sandman, Metallica. Okay, that one is definitely rock. Learning to Fly, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. Silent Lucidity, Queensryche. I fucking love this. Those are rock songs. Yeah. Now, Silent Lucidity sneaks in there. Because yeah, Queensryche like is a rock band. It's like an alt-rock type of alternative thing. But it's also, that would be a, a ballad, but I guess a rock song could be a ballad. I mean, I mean a you ballad have power ballads, yeah. Power ballad. I'd say Silent Lucidity is the close, closer to a power ballad than it is a like an up-tempo rock song. So anyway, yes, 1992, the year that this was uh, conceived of, Sting, the Soul Cages, winner. I feel like they gave it to Sting because they felt like they owed Sting something. I honestly, yeah, they, I, I, I got gotcha. you. So let's just go to 1993. Layla by Eric Clapton. <laughs> oh, the the uh, unplugged version, unplugged version, MTV which I unplugged. like. But man, that is a soft. Yeah, let's just say uh, it went up against Peter Gabriel digging in the dirt. Uh, Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit, uh, Pearl mm. Jam, Jeremy, and Human wow. Touch by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, by the way, I believe, uh, just spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure Bruce Springsteen owns this category. I think he's won the most Grammys in it. Um, yeah. Two grunge year. anthems. Between, okay. between now and 1993, or 92 anyway, uh, hit me with a year and I'll tell you who won and who it went up against. And let's be mad together. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, God, I'm almost afraid to ask. Give me 99. 1999, Alanis Morissette, Uninvited. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my completely irrational hatred of Alanis Morissette? Uh, we might have. We might have talked about it. Is it just because she's like? Uh, it's irrational. I I really can't even put my what, finger on what it. What hit me with why? Throughout the nineties, I just I couldn't stand Alanis Morissette. Like Alanis Morissette song came on the radio, I change it. You know, like I could avoid it a lot of places, so I know the songs. But and I can't. You know, it sounds fine. And I got nothing against her as a person, but for some, maybe it's just because everybody seemed to go crazy for her and the hipster gene in me just flared oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, fuck this. No. Well, let me tell you what Alanis Morissette Uninvited went up against. Yeah. Have a Little Faith in Me, John Hyatt. Hmm. Uh, Celebrity Skin by Hole. 
I actually like that song. Closing Time by Semisonic and yeah. Bitter Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Yeah, that's a good song. Do you know who wrote that song? Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah. Well, who had a hand in it? Not the sole writer, but you know who wrote that song? Prince. Mick, Mick Jagger. No, I was going to say Prince writes everything. So Yeah, he does. Give me another year. Give me another year. Well, not anymore. Jeez, <laughs> um, like, I'm going to try to think. Okay. 2002. 2002, the winner was Props of Jupiter by Train. Oh, yeah. Not a rock song. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's a pop rock song. Uh, This is what was weird about this year was there were uh, two songs by one band nominated. Uh, Neither one won. (laughs) Nope. Walk On by U2 and Elevation by U2. Uh, We have Jaded by Aerosmith, Mm. Yellow by Coldplay. And then, of course, Elevation and Walk On by U2. But yeah, Drops of Jupiter, best rock song. Yeah, but man, Jaded, I guess, would be. I mean, I like Yellow, but it's not. I don't know what you call Coldplay for most times. It's hard. <laughs> See, it's such a like rock is so broad, but it's also so distinctive that you're like, I don't know what this would be, but it's not rock, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's see, let me let me. Let me let me give you something that just really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so what was it this last time? What, did they do 2019? 2019 was uh, Mass Education by St. Vincent. I don't know the song or the group or the guy or whoever. Uh, Black Smoke Rising by Greta Van Fleet. See, was... that's the one that sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jumpsuit by 21 Pilots. Yeah. Um, Bring Me it's... the Horizon. Uh, Mantra by Bring Me the Horizon. That's a fucking rock song. I don't know these songs. I, I, this is like music has passed me by. I think I'm at that stage yeah. now. And, it and has passed me by. The last one is Rats by Ghost. What? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. So any... I know. I know two songs out of all. I know well, the Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. Uh, like it's done. I like I, I've hit that point. That's it. Music has passed me by. Like if I hear something on the radio or something like that that's new that I like, it's such a rare thing now. I'm not yeah. even saying there's not stuff out there that I would love, but I just don't listen for it anymore. It's just that's it. I've hit I've hit that point. I'm yeah. the old guy. I'm the guy that's like in my day, or you know, I just I had the music I liked, and that's what I listen to. That's it. Yeah, let the generation have their uh, have their music. Um, there's kid. There's stuff coming. There's people listening to music coming out today that will listen to a station and something came out in the year 2000 that's now probably considered classic rock for them or classic whatever. 2000. Think about that. And that's 19 years ago. In in the year 2000, Scar Tissue by the Red Hot Chilled Peppers won. Which in actually, the year a... 2000. It's <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that's some Conan. Yeah, classic. Uh, 2000, it was Angels Would Fall by Melissa Etheridge. Special by Garbage. Uh, yeah. Room at the Top by Tom Petty, and the Heart- Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And then The Promise by Bruce Springsteen. See, almost none of these are tar- chart-topping. Like I know. That's, they, that's, how they, that's how they do. It's like the requirement has to be the more popular the song is, the harder it is for it to actually win an award. Right. Like That's part of the recipe. I really think that. Yep. I mean, geez, Smells Like Teen Spirit was taking over the world in like, what, 92, 93, whatever that was. 92. And then Jeremy was everywhere. And they're like, nope, you're not going to win. You're lucky you're nominated. Right. And like Jeremy by Pearl Jam, we're talking about grunge hitting the scene. And that was like, that was changing music. 
Yeah, I mean, Smells Like Teen Spirit is like the grunge anthem. It is like the proto-grunge. Yeah. Smells Like Teen Spirit, Jeremy by Pearl Jam in 1993. Both were nominated, but Layla by Eric Clapton. That's- Which is a slow jam. That's what you play in like hotel freaking <laughs> bars and <laughs> conference rooms and stuff. It's elevator music, man. It's a it's a good song, it is, but it's elevator music. Yep. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at some more categories here. Um, let's see. Let's look at oh, there's a whole fucking page for awards. They have special award, general field. Out of Von Bismarck. No, he was the. Uh, okay, so we have let's Chancellor. Never mind. They have a best alternative music album. That's a that's a category. Ooh, what's that in '92? Or was that a thing in '92? I'm I'm guessing that was one of the categories that they added because. Like alternative, probably it was first awarded in 1991. Hmm. And let's see, Sonic Youth. Um, well, that's a. I think it's uh, it's album, best alternative album, not song. So let's see, let's make sure. Yeah, Grammy Award for best alternative music album, first awarded in 1991 to Sinead O'Connor. I do not want what I haven't got. Alternative. Uh. 92 was R.E.M. out of time. Nirvana, Man. Nevermind was uh, nominated. but <laughs> ah, let It's me, frustrating. Let me hit you with 1993. Like That is absolutely alternative grunge. Yeah. Was hitting the alternative scene and just blowing it away. Right? Mm-hmm. You're talking Alice in Chains. You're talking Soundgarden, Garden, Pearl Jam. Magic uh, Pumpkins. Yeah. Stone Devil Pilots. So in 1993, you want to know what won? Mm. Tom Waits, Bone Machine. <laughs> <laughs> the nominees, okay, that's, a, that's a cool name, but still. <laughs> the uh, the nominees were the B-52s, The Cure, oh. Morrissey, and Ecstasy. Yep. Ecstasy. Yeah. So still riding high with the alternative in 1994. Winner, U2, Zuropa. Yeah. Nominees, Belly, Nirvana, R.E.M., Smashing Pumpkins. So, like, the grunge bands just never won. They just will pay lip service, and yeah, you're making all the money in the world, but... Well, I, I will say in 96, uh, Nirvana, MTV Unplugged in New York won. Mm. It wasn't, wasn't he dead by then? Yeah. Yeah, pretty close. No, he was. He died in 95. Yeah. I want to say he shot himself in 95. Which is why they won. Well, okay, he's you know, he shot himself, so now we gotta... Now we can... It's like uh, Heath, Heath Ledger winning for the Joker. <laughs> it was it was they, he would never have won if he had been alive but once he died okay now we're gonna give him the oscar yeah so uh boy the white stripes clean up there in the in the aughts the white stripes are okay like there's a lot of detroit bands that i'm not actually that big a fan of it's weird like not a kid rock fan not a big white stripes fan eminem yeah, somewhat like bob seger and ted nugent are about it i don't know <laughs> electric six came out of detroit I love Electric Six. Okay, I don't know what that is. ICP yeah. is junk. I mean, Juggalos. Bunch of freaks. 2014, Vampire Weekend. 2017, David Bowie. He was already dead. David yep. Bowie, Black Star. So. You want to win an award? Die. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had to die to get this award. Beck, last, uh, this last year, 2019, Beck. I want somebody to, you know, be dead. I'm just going to leave it there. No, I want somebody to be dead. <laughs> Be nominated and win, and then in their like will or something have a stipulation where, uh, like like David Bowie, 
is on his deathbed and is like, hey, you've been nominated for an Oscar or a, a Grammy. He's like, okay, good. Leaning close. This is what I want to happen. And then they have the award show and they're like, David Bowie wins for blah, blah, blah. And then somebody walks up with a fucking Ouija board to the <laughs> podium to accept it and starts doing the whole thing. Thank you for the, hey, what? Get that pitchfork away from me. <laughs> I didn't do that. Don't you it, punish me for that. Just start uh, playing up the whole thing where he's in hell. It's hot down here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's all right, have I'll, all the hot dogs in the world. No donuts. Donuts in the world. I'll uh, I'll leave you with this. Um, no, I was going to leave you with something, but I guess I'll just say. Um, Pitchforks. Uh, best metal performance. <laughs> metal is pretty distinct, right? And this is for a performance. So let's see. The, the best metal performance is an award. Uh, containing quality performance, heavy metal music genre, uh, artists to honor artistic achievement, technical proficiency. Uh, see, here it is. They say it right here to honor artistic achievement, technical proficiency, and overall excellence in the recording industry without regard to album sales or chart position. <laughs> so, our opinion, and by ours, I mean the 20 or so people that come up with these, you know, however many it is. I mean, seriously, if that's what they say, like we're not going by album sales or anything like that, chart position, it's this group of however many people are voting on the award. Congratulations. This is our gift to you. That's it. That's all it's based on. It's our opinion. It's not even all everybody's because probably everybody didn't vote for the same thing. So it's like, you know, a couple <clears throat> dozen people. Here's your award. You impressed 24 people. Congratulations. I'm going to say that this this category is probably, it's balls on. I want to say that there's really not a lot of wiggle room here. 1990 Metallica for one. Okay. It went up against Dawkin, Faith No More, Queensryche, and Soundgarden. Dawkin? No! Beast from the East. Uh, 1991 Metallica wins for Stone Cold Crazy. Up against Anthrax, Judas Priest, Megadeth, Suicidal Tendencies. Hmm. 1992 Metallica wins for Metallica. Up against Anthrax, Megadeth, Motorhead, and Soundgarden. 93 Nine Inch Nails, Wish. Up against Helmet, Megadeth, Ministry, and Soundgarden. Then Ozzy Osbourne, he wins. Up against Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Suicidal Tendencies, and White Zombie. 95, Soundgarden wins. Nine Inch Nails wins the year after that. Then Rage Against the Machine. Then Tool, Metallica, Black Sabbath, Deftones, Tool, Corn, Metallica, Motorhead, Slipknot, Slayer, Slayer, Metallica, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath. So <laughs> tenacious. They really made, up, made it up to Metallica. Yeah. Tenacious after D that, after that fiasco, they went, okay, Metallica gets all the awards. Yeah. So, in, in the nominees, <laughs> the list of nominees are a who's who, you know what I mean? Corrosion yeah. of Conformity, Corn, Megadeth, Pantera, Judas Priest, Rage Against the Machine, Romstein, Ministry, Tales, <laughs> Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Pantera. See, no, yes. I feel like in the 90s, there was an unwritten law that do host. And Dragula had to be played back to back in any movie, TV show, anything that one appeared in, the other one had to appear too. So yeah, Rob Stein and Rob Zombie being part of the same award show or whatever. Yes. Yep. There was like an unwritten law in the 90s. Duhast and Dragula had to be right next to each other. They were in the Matrix together. They were like everything all the time. Prove me wrong. Fight me. <laughs> but absolutely, they get this right. Harumph. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then those people probably use Facebook to reach out to their fans. <laughs> I, like what you, I like what you did there. Or 
their fans get on Facebook and post an article saying this is bullshit that they didn't win or look at this video from but the true fans get on Twitter and get blue check no not the fans no the fans do not get blue check okay not the not the fans no because they don't have any public sig- significance cuz they have not been blessed from above in right the way yet that's right they get yes. they get the uh they get the sign of the beast and they get implanted <laughs> with a chip and then they get the blue check mark. Uh, um so yes on the social media speaking of social media uh nobody is immune nobody somebody is there's somebody living on an island somewhere and he's got a instagram account he's got a nokia phone going oh why i can only get <laughs> black and white images uh the first social media i used I don't even remember the name of it. It was in 2004, 5, 2005-ish. Um, so before you say that, what are we defining as social media? I guess we should start with. Uh, anything, I would say any piece of software that connects uh, a group of people. Okay. Um, I was just thinking, I was thinking about this, but like, okay. Would something be like Napster back in the day? Would that be considered social media? Well, if if you're going to use that to connect and interact with people, yes. I don't know as people use Napster to interact as much as they used it to right. share music. Exactly. That's, and that's what I'm thinking. It's like exactly what you said, the interaction. Right. Like I'm going to put out something for you to react to, not just to consume. Right. And, and in that same line, I'm going to consider YouTube social media. Yeah. Just because later comment. on in the comment section, I, I do want to mention this stuff about the comment section. But mm-hmm. um, the first one I remember hearing about is MySpace. And yeah. I never I never had a MySpace account. Or if I did, I I used put my name in as a placeholder or something, but I never used it. I actually did make one myself when I first moved out here, which was like an 07. Yeah. Well, Facebook became available to non-college students in 2006 i believe yeah Um, myspace was around sooner but they did overlap yeah and i didn't have facebook until 2007 but i used something before that and it was um my buddy and i used to spend a lot of time together like camping and you know he moved out to wyoming i moved down to southern maine so i mean we i i made this facebook or not facebook it was i can't remember the name of it it was originally designed for a place that you can upload photos and the photos would last for like 90 days and they encouraged you to make prints like order prints Hmm. so like if you took a picture of a sunset you could post it and just say look at this beautiful sunset and it would stay on that site for like 90 days and then it would disappear but in that 90 days they would encourage you to like order an 8 by 10 of it or something like that but it had a section of it was it was like half photo sales and half blog, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. And my buddy and I were using it to share like stuff that we were going through. You know, like uh, he was mo- he he had moved out to Wyoming. I had moved to Southern Maine. Uh, he might go camping and be like, you know, talking about where he went camping and you know guns that he shot or something like that. And then I'd write back on my blog, you know. I still live in Southern Maine and now there are no woods to go camping in kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like he could see my stuff. We could connect that way. And that lasted for about a year, I guess. 
and what was interesting to me is that the the information got not just buried amongst everybody's stuff. Like you had to really know what you were looking for and the photos would delete. So it was kind of like not a permanent record of the grandfather's Snapchat or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just kind of like, you know, look at this if you want, but it's going to be gone in 90 days. God, I wish I could remember what the name of that was. Cause it was, I mean, it was kind of cool. It was one thing that was really cool about it is it wasn't, you know, I wasn't obsessed with it. I wasn't like, there was, there was no profile picture to make sure that I, you know, looked my best and, you know, put my best foot forward. It was kind of just like, man, here's my information. This is what I'm doing. It was now, what year did you say this was? Um, I want to say it was like 2005 into 2006. I feel like this is, this was like the, the innocent years. Like I did a little research, but not heavy. So this is mostly just my opinion and I'm sure I'm way off. Yeah. I've done zero research. Yeah. On timelines and stuff, but I feel like there was like the innocent years of social, like the internet itself. You can make a, argument is social media because the entire point is connecting people together but like we talked about i feel like to strictly define something as social media is to put something out there for the purpose of having somebody else react to it more than one person right um you know potentially at least more than one person so like yes napster could be like eh, quote unquote social media because you're connecting people together but it wasn't like you know here's this thing i made what do you think about it it's here's this thing i well let's be honest here stole yeah. And you can have it too. You're welcome. Now give me something. And it was just sharing. It was right. blind sharing. And then I feel like it really took off. It really started with MySpace. Like I guess there was a Fredster yeah, before that... MySpace. Like nobody seemed to know about it until after it was already gone, type of thing. But oh, and let's not forget classmates.com. Oh, yeah, except you had to pay for it and you had right, to spam well, with all the hey, freaking advertisements. There's 20 people you graduated high school with that are in classmates.com. But yeah, you have to yeah. Pay to talk to them. Exactly. <clears throat> God, those advertisements used to pop up and whatever you did, they were always there. Yeah. But with my people, I remember reading articles about how this one girl became a millionaire, like straight out a millionaire because she started a company of professionally decorating people's MySpace pages. You know, putting music on, putting like effects and backgrounds and stuff like that, that yeah. kids couldn't really figure out how to do themselves. So they pay her, you know, 10, 15 bucks and enough people did it. And she was just doing a full, she dropped out of school as in high school because <laughs> her, her mom or something like that's like, she's making money hand over fist. Why should I send her to high school? And she made a killing making people's MySpace pages. And now she's on Pornhub. Egg, probably. <laughs> now she's. <laughs> Now she's making professional Pornhub comments. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but yes, there's it's it, it went crazy. I remember MySpace. Like you, you find this song that defines you. So whoever went to your site had to hear this song, and you know this font that popped out, these pictures, and the the colors of the background, and it was a personal expression. And it seemed so innocent at the time. Let me guess. Your song to play on your site was "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious about why I would elicit that from you but okay <laughs> well just because we were talking about the detroit thing <clears throat> no if it, i don't even remember what mine was i probably a metallica song because just by default mine would have 100 percent been a tool song yeah see just like this represents me you know type of thing yeah but people went nuts with it myspace was gigantic and the, when facebook finally killed it the guy sold. you know myspace was limping along for years and guy finally sold it for like a billion dollars right even right. after it was already like dead in the water it was still still powerful enough it's still much a draw 
That's something's like, yeah, just for the advertising alone. Well, Fuck, here's here's a billion bucks. It turned into a, a music site where people could put up their own <clears throat> music. In this moment is a band that was actually discovered on MySpace, and they're hugely successful and really good. Hmm. Yeah, you know, now they say that, I think I did hear that, that it's still around or was around well, a it's, lot longer. It, it, it did. It turned into one of those sites that, like, if if you were an up-and-coming like you wrote your own music and performed your own music, you could put it on MySpace and and use it to get discovered. Hmm. Which is this is the light side of the social media. Like this is there's always two sides to it. And the light side is because people are connected, you can become famous, big, exposed, known, whatever the case may be, without a lot of effort on your part. But the flip side to that is also, and I think things are sort of changing, but there's been a time, and it's still probably still the case where if you're a content producer, you cannot be successful without at least Facebook. And usually that means Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, maybe even Snapchat. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, but, the, the one thing about all the, the big ones is they're all you can integrate in amongst all of them. So if you post something to Facebook, it'll also post to Twitter and also post to Instagram. Okay. And, so it makes it. They're all interchangeable in a way that, like, uh, I'm posting this photo on Instagram and I also want to post it on Facebook. There's a, there's a box you can check to make that happen. But it also makes it like you, that's really the only platform in town or the combined web of platforms. That means you have to conform to what they're going to say goes. So if you're, if you're writing something and you want to put an excerpt up and it's got adult content, bye-bye Facebook, you know? Right. Or you, are you going to have to, Wash it out and tone it down so people might not, might not understand what it is you're trying to put across. Which I'm not even necessarily talking porn. I'm talking about graphic, whatever, or something that's edgy or controversial. Even Facebook is going to homogenize the shit out of it. So what are you left with? Traditional publishing? Well, traditional publishing is stuck on Facebook. You know? Yeah. Like, like if we can't advertise on Facebook, then I don't really want to work with you because we're never going to get the word out. And I, I feel like underground word of mouth. It's just not, it's not a thing anymore. I don't, and that's sad. Maybe it is locally, but yeah. certainly, certainly not on a national scale. Word of mouth is, I mean, people, and it's hard for me to say, cause I don't know this, but it just, it seems like the, the quick, the instant shake and bake success mm-hmm. from, you know, an overnight success is what people are looking for and everything else, meh, you better, you better have yeah enough gas in the tank to, to last if you're mm-hmm. gonna go you know the underground route on the other side of this too is like people can make a living which i don't want to begrudge people from doing that but like hot chicks on instagram can make tens of thousands of dollars for every freaking picture they post of them in a bikini yeah or a wet t-shirt or something like that i find that astounding that's amazing to me like like i said i you know like you can make money fine so i'm not gonna sit there and say that's the downfall of the country but the fact that I'm banging hot and I've got a hundred thousand people following me and advertisers like, yeah, I'll give you 10,000 bucks for every picture you put up so that eyeballs are glued to the screen and we can sell some stuff. Yeah. That's nuts. And I think 10,000 might be lowballing it for some of them. Yeah. Um, we recently, um, when we got debt free, we posted a picture and we made it public and we tagged Dave Ramsey, who was the guy that, is the the inspiration for the debt free he's he's a big name big big name in the whole 
mm-hmm. cult of being debt free. <clears throat> and so that being said, he's followed by millions of people, millions. And um, so we posted our picture, made it public and tagged him with the hopes that he would then repost our picture, mm-hmm. which he did. And I think it's somewhere around 15,000 likes. Holy shit. <laughs> and the day that it did, and I'll give you a quick explanation as to why we did this throughout the whole business of being debt free. Um, there've been a lot of people that we've posted details about our journey being debt free and people saying that that's an inspiration to them. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from experience when you're doing something hard like that, if you can just see somebody else do it, it gives you that little boost. So we were, lo- it was kind of a milestone for us to be able to post our debt free picture. Yeah. To me, uh, fake online likes is absolutely nothing, means nothing to me. I could right. not give a shit less about somebody clicking like on a photo or a hundred people clicking like or a thousand people clicking like. Um, but we also were looking forward to it um, to be recognized, I guess, is the best way to put it, by Dave. And if it was going to push somebody or help somebody, we wanted to be that inspirational. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a big deal for us to to be posted or to be reposted by Dave. And in the first like couple of hours of it happening, the comments started rolling in. Um, and I felt almost an obligation <laughs> to uh, return some sort of response. If somebody asked a question, I was honest and forthcoming with my info. Like a lot of people wanted to know what my income was. They wanted to know like tips or tricks or how we did it and stuff. And so I was going on and writing these like (laughs) five, six, seven, eight sentence replies, you know, mini paragraphs, Mm -hmm. replies to people's questions after the first, you know, couple of hours. Then all of a sudden it was not fun anymore. Yeah, it becomes a part-time job. It was an onslaught of information seekers and, you know, all that kind of bullshit. Now I will say that having our photo reposted and viewed and liked by, you know, 15,000 people with, you know, 300 comments and, you know, X, Y, and Z, that makes me feel good to know that those people that took the time to look at it and say something are probably the ones that were in the same boat we were in. And, and hopefully that helped them. That makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. But diving into the comments, it's actually remarkable. Some of the just like tropes, <laughs> some of the cliche <laughs> things that you think about the internet of course there was somebody that posted negative comments like you can't get away from negative internet comments wait 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 how many people brought a religious debate and or political debate into it too well that i saw because i stopped paying attention and i kind of skimmed them one person asked how much we tithed Hmm. and uh, the answer is none (laughs) uh I'm I'm not going to tithe, but uh, it was it was written, and this was we'll get into one of the problems of social media. It was written in somebody's monotone text. It was not a human being I was sitting across the table from that was asking me a question that I could judge their tone of voice. I could judge their demeanor. I could judge. I could was it judge, all caps? No, <laughs> no, it was not all oh. caps. But 
to me, that's, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. Yeah. But I can't type, I'm not answering your question because that <laughs> immediately, you know, starts that back and forth exchange that I didn't want to have anything to do with. Um, but there were, there were negative comments. There was a couple of negative comments and I don't get it. I don't understand the, how somebody would feel compelled to, you know, are there people that, you know, sit down, they, they pour themselves a drink and they, they crack their knuckles and like, Oh, <clears throat> okay. Got to go to work. Mm-hmm. And they sit there and they just seek out things that they can type negative comments to. It's, I feel like it's actually weirdly enough. I feel like it's related to why we like, like horror movies and stuff. Like we get that thrill, like that vicarious thrill without the danger. So if you're somebody that's passive in real life, not not that saying that all these trolls and whatnot are like this, but if you're somebody that's passive in real life, you can get that thrill of being a jerk or pushy or dare I say confident without the danger of somebody coming back at you and calling you on your bullshit or even physically confronting you or something like that. Like it's a it's a it's a thrill ride. It's a a, a zest, a, a hint of danger without actually getting there. Like watching a horror movie in a movie theater, you're not going to actually get killed by a monster, but you can jump and you can feel that heart rate, that adrenaline dump. But what you're talking about actually reminded me. Did you ever hear the book The Circle? No. They made a movie out of it with Tom Hanks and uh, Emma Watson a few years ago. I meant to watch it. The book was really good. P- people are trying to make it more important than it was. They're talking about this new 1984. But the whole spiel is like there's this company that's basically like Google, Facebook, blah, 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 all rolling together, Netflix, yep. like the monolithic social media company. And they're taking over everything. And there's this one scene where the main girl – her parents, I think like her dad had health problems. They didn't have any money. So the girl worked for this circle company and she like reached out to her followers, which she was in a position to have like a billion followers or something like that saying, Hey, my parents need help. Can anybody help me? And so, yeah, of course, all the money came pouring in mm-hmm. and they more than had more than what they needed to pay for his medical stuff. So the parents were like, this is so great. And they did like a blanket response like this is so great thank you so much everybody for doing this we this touches us we can't believe how much people are helping us but then it was became like comment after comment like people on their circle account people like hey i just gave you 10 bucks hey i just gave you 15 bucks hey send my prayers to you hope you feel better how's how's it doing can we get an update like multiplied by thousands and millions of times right and the parents were eventually like listen we're trying to respond we're trying to say you know to everybody that's donating and giving us positive vibes and stuff but we don't have enough there's not enough minutes in the day we could we could sit there and spend every minute of every day responding and only get to a fraction of you and the scene in the book is all about people getting pissed off like why don't you respond to me i sent you 10 bucks you came and say thank you right shit like that yeah and i'm like and it's definitely like over dramatized for the book and things like that but there's a there's a part of that that's true yeah like like hey i I no like you put something out there. I said thank you. I I put a response on your a comment on your video. You know your picture on Instagram. I wrote how sexy you were and how much I want you to have my babies. You better respond mm. to me. You know or something like you put on Facebook. Oh, can you tell me what your secret is? Like what did you do in this situation? And then you don't respond. I guarantee you the person that wrote that question is like, what an asshole. Yeah. All of yeah. a sudden he doesn't have any debt. He's better than me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Not yep. thinking. 300 people just put up the same post up. And if I spend one minute on each one, that's still hours worth of my time. Yeah. Yep. Can't you, can't you take a second to notice me noticing you? Yes, exactly. You put something out there in the world 
now I own a piece of you. That's I, seriously, I think that's the underlying attitude of all social media. Yeah. It's a give and take. I want your views and I want your likes and your clicks. But at the same time, I'm going to give you a like. Now I own a piece of you. Yeah. A little tiny piece, but I own that. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of tied into celebrity stuff like that. You know, if you want to be out there in the world, you're going to put yourself out there. Congratulations. Now I own a little bit of piece of you. <laughs> and is it wrong? Is it messed up? Is it too much? I, well, uh, I, I watched a video of a guy that did a Ted talk and it was along the lines of, you know, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, social media is, you know, terrible for us, terrible for us, but let me tell you how it's good. Yeah. And he, he went on to list several reasons why social media benefits society. And, yeah. and, one of them is, uh, I can't remember what it's called, social capital. It gives us mm. social capital. And his example for that was the single mom living, you know, in, uh, you know, in a neighborhood. There was a snowstorm. Uh, she's got to, got to get the kids ready for school and get them off to school. But she also has to shovel out her truck. So she puts on Facebook that, you know, is there anybody that can help me? And suddenly she's got two or three people in her driveway on, you know, snow shoveling and the job mm -hmm. gets done in you know two minutes versus it would have taken her you know 20 minutes plus her kids wouldn't have been getting ready for school you know so it's like right it, social media gives us a social capital where we can we can go out there and and help our neighbors you know and if if they go and shovel the car out for her the next time they put something on facebook like oh i need x you know you can your neighborhood gets bigger is the best uh, yes it, it, it helps us expand our tribe. I, I, like I said, there's a light and dark side. There's definitely light sides. You know, if you have a question, even something innocuous. Okay, you have the internet and you have Google, so I don't get. But I mean, you could do something like, hey, looking for a good mechanic in the area, and you're not, you don't trust Yelp, or you don't know about it, or which in itself is a little is a social network. Exactly. Because, it, because, I think the review site is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, user reviews, just like Rotten Tomatoes. Where yeah. you've got people that are reviewing something and, you know, how much can I trust X? How much can I trust this person? Uh, well, I was going to mention anything I do now, like buy something off of Amazon or when I buy my car, even anything like that. I'm going, you had to put your email for whatever, especially if you do it over the internet. And then all of a sudden you get that email. Hey, you just bought this. Can you review it? Hey, you just did this. What do you think? Hey, take a few minutes to tell us. Like I use this thing called Grubhub, which is. You know, they'll go to whatever restaurant, they'll, you make an order and they'll pick it up and bring it to you. And then inevitably the text is, hey, can you take a few minutes to tell us about your Grubhub experience? Which I get. That's how they keep a high rating and customer satisfaction and know what they're doing right. But at the same time, it's no. If I had a problem, <laughs> I would have told you. Fuck off. Our transaction is done. Get out of my life. Like, I don't owe you anything. I paid you. Go away. Yeah. <clears throat> well... Speaking of reviews, have you seen any of the fake Amazon reviews? So those are great. I love those. Those are funny. those are some of my favorite things. Uh, yeah. Anybody listening, just Google uh, fake Amazon reviews, and you'll be entertained for hours. Uh, same goes for um, Target customer service. Yes, yeah, so somebody talking about that. Somebody created a Facebook account called Target customer service, and. So somebody will go to Target's official web or Facebook page and complain about something. And this person who's called Target uh, customer service has the Target logo as their icon. And they go in and they answer. And of course, they're yeah. not uh, associated with Target at all. But <laughs> And 
it's almost like the the people in charge at Target probably want to just leave the comments there. Like, this isn't really us saying it, but they're saying what we want to say. They're giving us free advertising. <laughs> not so... only that, not only that, they're act, they're ripping apart people who complain about stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so the lighter side, yes. Well, I looked up, um, you know, a couple of things about like what is social media, what's the problems with it, or something like that. I found one that was interesting that everybody had like 20 things wrong with social media. This one had four things, like four fundamental deep problems with social media. And the first one he called super normal stimuli. And it's actually kind of interesting because he talked about how, you know, as humans, we evolve in certain environments with biological impulses for like, he gave the example of sugar. It's like, he's like, what do you say? 30,000 years ago, our craving for sugar was a good thing because that led us to high energy, high nutrient foods like fruits. You know, let's crave oranges and grapes and strawberries and all this stuff that was helping us form big brains and giving us energy to go hunting and, you know, all these different things that sugar does for us. It's like fast forward to 2019 and something like 40% of Americans have an obesity problem or something. Yeah. Like it's nuts. It's like our biological impulse has now failed us in the modern times. It's like apply that to social media. Our biological impulse to get together and talk about things with people to, make communities has now become super normal uh what does he say collected like our social level our collective intelligence has gone into hyperdrive with social media has hijacked our attention allocation system so instead well, of definite like i'm going to talk to my neighbor and form a bond like you're talking about we're going to shovel each other's driveways out i'm going to help him if his if a tree falls on his house he's going to help me if i maybe fall behind on my rent you know, blah, 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 blah. It's, I'm going to get on social media. I'm going to get that real quick dop- dopamine dump for putting a picture of people like, but I'm not going to form any real bonds with any anymore. And also being able to not be in front of somebody's face and say what's on your mind. That's, that's another thing, another problem with it. Like people have a license to be rude now, a license mm-hmm. to be less, yeah. uh, I, I don't know how to put it, but etiquette has kind of mm-hmm. left and you go to reddit reddit is like this great place for you to share ideas and stuff but also if you go to the comment section it's people that are being incredibly curt and mm-hmm. just like if nitpicky and sometimes just all out rude if your yeah. opinion if your opinion does not match theirs and it's anonymous like yep. if you if you choose it to be anonymous now if you if you choose not to be anonymous that's that's one thing but you can be anonymous completely anonymous be a total and complete expert in something absolutely ridiculous just because you say you are and somebody can post an opinion or 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 post something an idea and it's guaranteed going to get torn down mm-hmm. I, I mean it's very rare for you to look at comments of somebody's idea and they're not to be some sort of counter idea and, and counter ideas are okay too. I mean, like that's just good critical thinking, but they're also in such a way that, you know, it makes you not want to participate in the conversation. If somebody is going to be ultra rude and yeah, have zero manners and just be, you know, I, I'm going to say that you're wrong because I know that you can't reach across the table and punch my teeth out. <laughs> 
That's that's essentially the comment section in, in Reddit. It's the thrill, yes. It's the vicarious thrill of I'm safe and I can wallow in my own crapitude. But uh but part of what you're saying it goes into the whole like it's also like years ago, if you want to whip up an angry mob, it took some work. Now it really doesn't yeah, take true. any work whatsoever. Yep. You can you can have people turn on so I think I was talking to you about this or somebody, and there's a story I always come back to, which happened, I want to say three, four, maybe five years ago, but no more than that. This woman who made a off-color joke, probably a bad joke. She was part, I don't remember the company. She was flying to Africa for something. She tweeted something about, I'm going to Africa. Um, hopefully I don't get AIDS. Hi, just kidding. I'm white. And then that was it. Her last week got on the plane where she didn't have connections. So she had no idea. Now, distasteful joke, sure. But honestly, she was trying to she wasn't being racist. She was trying to like show the fact that Africans have AIDS and disproportionate numbers and lack of resources and white people are coming off better and blah, blah, blah. She was honestly, she's trying to be socially conscious. She just didn't think it through. Her right. tone was not expressed. And that's a huge thing over social media. Your tone, unless it's a YouTube video, the, the nuance of what you're saying, the sarcasm, the tongue in cheek, the deadpan delivery can't almost at all be expressed just by typing something. Right. So that wasn't expressed. People took her literally and Twitter exploded on her. Fuck this bitch. She better be fired. You know, I guess it spread. So people found what airport she's going to land at and were waiting for her to get off the plane to start yelling at her. Yeah. Like, and the story I read was like the first thing when she got a connection, she got a text from her friend saying, just, just saying, I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because he could follow it, you know, from where he was at. She was fired. She was straight out fired because of that. Because of a misinterpreted tweet, she was fired. Her livelihood was threatened because of one off-color joke. Yeah. And that is is the world we live in where everything spreads despite text or nuance or anything. Despite context, anything like that. Spreads and the mob mentality is all pervasive. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, and that's what I feel like Facebook has some redeemable qualities. In my mind, that's all Twitter is. Now, I have said, having said that, as somebody who doesn't use Twitter, uh, granted, so take it with a grain of salt. But I have such utter disdain for Twitter, like such deep loathing for the idea of Twitter that it's visceral. <laughs> Can you imagine if our founding fathers had Twitter? <laughs> Aaron Burr imagine? and Alexander Hamilton would have just been going crazy at each other. No, like... Uh... Like the one I get is Benjamin Franklin. That's the one I brought that up earlier today. And I just lots of I, selfies and whorehouses. <laughs> that's right. Ben Franklin was a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, he was. And I, I just think that like he would have he would have been a, a Twitter person that I would have followed. I would want to read Ben Franklin's tweets. Yeah, and you know, I recognize that. Like I say I have a deep loathing for Twitter, and that's a net deep loathing. I, I'm sure there's plenty of people that just do jokes and pithy little comments and Nice little videos and whatnot. But, but I mean, there it's are so fucking just abused. Right. But I mean, you have like basically all everybody in the public eye has a, a Twitter. They have a Facebook and they the, that's what I was going with, with the Benjamin Franklin or our founding fathers having Twitter is nowadays the president has a, a Twitter and he's a moron with it. Mm. I, I feel like it, like in the 13 colonies 
<laughs> if they had been able to read what was on the minds of in 127 letters, I don't even, is that how many letters they allow now or whatever? I, I, I have no idea. <clears throat> I know the thing to do at one point in time was to write, write something down and then take a picture of it and post the picture. And that's how you got around the, the character limit. Oh yeah. Well, I think in, if, if they had Twitter, the 13 colonies, there would never have been in the United States. That well, It, yeah. it would have stayed the 13 colonies. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so polarizing. It's so tribalizing. I think that's the word. Tribalactic. That's the better word. Tribal. It's so tribalactic <laughs> that like right now, like all the ills of America, like seriously, like I've, I, I've confident in this. I feel it started with the 24 hour news networks in the nineties, but it's mm -hmm. been, you know, touched with a wildfire in the odds with the social media. Yeah. All we do is live in our bubbles. All of us. People listening to this right now, I'm sorry, you're part of it too. We're all, we all are. I'm part of it. We're all part of it. Where we live in these stupid bubbles. My bubble, I'm trying to make it be the bubble of rationality, which in the end turns into the bubble of nobody else is involved. Like I go through my <laughs> my the only the only social network I actually use is Facebook, and even that's pretty rare. Like I don't do Twitter. I don't do Instagram. Well, okay, I do Instagram, but. It, I just like looking at pictures of certain people. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the model that's getting ten thousand dollars per exactly. Photo. I'm I'm one yeah. of the I'm, I'm contributing to poor skinny girls helping get food to eat. So <laughs> money to buy food. Um, but yeah, Facebook's about the only. One. I don't do Snapchat, nothing like that. Facebook's the only one I have. And if you go through my friends list, I am confident that on balance, I have unfollowed more people than I currently follow on Facebook. Yeah, because my I, I I hit the point where I made a rule. If you post political shit of either stripe, left, right, I don't care. Unfollow. I can't take it anymore. I I don't want to see it. I don't want to watch your video. I don't want to hear your snide comments trying to poke at the other side and and fucking sing to the choir and preach to the choir. You know what I mean? Like sing all these stupid the sing to the choir. Yes, sing or preach. It's equally as bad. I I I, I can't hear. I can't. I don't care if you're left or right. I don't give two shits if you're the most confident of your views in the world. Don't post political bullshit because all you're doing is trying to make yourself feel better about your opinion by getting people to go, yeah, you got a thumbs up. Ah, I like that. Screw the left. Screw the left. Screw the right. Screw the Republicans. Screw the Democrats. Ah, they're a bunch of retards. You're just you're you're shuffling yourself into that stupid bubble. I'm getting I'm angry enough the blood. <laughs> but I have opinions. <sighs> And it's people I like, it's people I respect, but they post these stupid, asinine things. And I'm like, A, you're wrong factually. If you just stop to check your facts, you'd be wrong. And B, who the fuck cares? You're not changing anybody's mind. Why are you bothering? Fuck you. You're sitting up there in your social media ivory tower, looking down <laughs> at everybody else. Yes, my 10 friends that I still follow, that's my ivory tower. That's my influence and my perch right there. Being a grumpy old man. Uh, yeah, except for all the people I unfollow, half of them are older than I am. So what does that say? That you're wise beyond your years. There you grump, go. I, grumpy old man. I like that much better. The dog what has you, decided to join the conversation. Sarek, if you hate social media, scratch your face. Yes. Yep. Beautiful. He has a Facebook page. Ah. I'm not even does joking. He, does he post things about how squirrels are the devil and we must build a wall to keep all squirrels out? So... <laughs> So our other two dogs, uh, for as a gag, my our first dog Trixie as a gag, I created a Facebook post or a Facebook page for, her and used it to 
I don't know, post status updates of just the ridiculous nature. Like <laughs> it was funny to have a dog's perspective. And that's what I want to see on Facebook. That's all I want to see on Facebook. Funny, maybe interesting, maybe a little touching. I don't care. Not political, not religious. I don't give two fucking shits. Stop doing it. If I'm pissing you off and you're doing it, then I'm sorry, but you're wrong. And you should, somebody needs to tell you this. If you post, if you listen to this right now, you post anything political on Facebook, you're in the wrong. If you post it on Twitter, <laughs> if you post it on whatever the fuck, you are in the wrong. Unequivocally, do not pass go. Do not collect 200 bucks. You're wrong. Man, you just profundicated. I just, I, I, I preached it. <laughs> A preacher of profundication. That's what I do. Double P, P squared, PP. Well, anyway, now, uh, all of our dogs have had Facebook pages, and I don't know. It's kind of an fu to Facebook, but it's also no, I, kind of a. Hmm? I get behind that. I, I could get behind that. That's funny and whimsical. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But they're just a hair's breadth away from being deleted. I don't. You hear it all the time of people uh, having fake accounts that get deleted. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, I feel like if you do anything with them, you're probably okay. Like you're not mis. Well. I guess nobody's believing dogs are doing X, Y, and Z, but you're not misrepresenting it. You're not pretending to be, okay, you, technically you are pretending to be. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what I'm going to say here. Maybe you will I should, get deleted. What I should do is I should log on to his Facebook and then just let him step all over the keyboard. Whatever he types, that's that's what he wants. <laughs> what do you think, sir? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Here's a photo of me pooping on the lawn. <laughs> Here's my Yelp review of eating cat shit out of a litter box. Isn't that right? Yum. Yeah. Shame. Shame on him. Uh, but there's parts of Facebook that are great, like like when we did Zap. Or <laughs> our secret room that we have that we post ridiculous things in. Yes, the very exclusive club that we are members of. The extremely exclusive club that we are members of. Three people. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel oh, like I shouldn't oh, say more because people are going to be jealous. That's people are going to want to belong. Stuff like that's one of the few things I like. I know I could offhand I can think of two people I know that don't even have Facebook accounts that I'm slightly jealous of. Well, like like they, they have like you know I'm fine with it. I have no I feel no need. My my best friend has no Facebook account. Yeah, mine either. Out the, my buddy out in Wyoming. Yeah, he he got rid of his Facebook account. Yeah, but well, I never had one, and I don't. He's never felt the lack. He's never been like, oh, man, I need to get on that Facebook because I feel so unfulfilled with my life. I mean, who's nobody that doesn't have a Facebook account? It's in there pining for a Facebook account. You know? Well, also, your best friend is a sock puppet. So, ah, uh, Saki, <laughs> I could make a I could make a Facebook account for my sock puppet. That's slut. <laughs> but it would be very is, is your, your sock very... puppet. One of those Instagram models. <laughs> Ten thousand bucks. Ten thousand bucks for a photo uh, of my hand in a sock. <laughs> which is better than a photo of something else in the sock. <laughs> that would get me banned. I could have like a status update feeling crusty. Or <laughs> <laughs> status update. Just got out of the dryer, feeling ready, feeling anticipating. Yeah. yeah. Uh can't talk, my mouth's full. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Saki. I love talking about sock puppets in inappropriate ways. Well, who doesn't? That makes there, should me be an, there should be an Amazon review about sock puppets. Did we run out of social media material to talk about? Um, well, I just I, I did want to mention one thing, which yes. is this is the crotchety old man part of me. But like, okay, there's somebody we know that's 
went on vacation and the first thing they told me when they're telling me about it is like the, the coverage is bad like i can't get a signal so i'm gonna have to wait till i get back to the hotel so i can run my facebook and snapchat i i insta and i snap and i facebook and i gotta make sure i do all that like first consider going to vacation in the tropical paradise first consideration i gotta make sure i can send out my snaps and instas and do my facebook updates well yeah everybody's gonna see what good a time i'm having that's great. Like they they got GoPro so they can uh you know record themselves swimming and doing whatnot. And it's just like like I get it if like I had a video camera, my dad got a video camera when we were kids, a cassette recorder that I loved. You know, I loved going to family reunions and birthdays and doing home videos and all that shit. And I would love to watch those again now. And so I get recording yourself and your friends to watch again. But the need, the driving need to share that with a legion of strangers. Immediately. Yes, immediately. And then if you don't, you feel anxiety. You feel well, like you're lacking something. Isn't there an old joke about going over to a friend's house and they whip out their vacation photos, the slides? Yeah. Like, there's. I feel like people are compelled to do that type of stuff. The sharing. Um, we all want to share and become important to another person. Yeah. You know, like we all want to say, look, this is my life. I want you to, I like you. So I want to bring you into my life. Like, look, like we've all been in a situation where you mentioned that, oh yeah, I went here. And even with today with our phones, yeah, I got a couple of pictures on my phone of this place I went over the weekend. And then somebody you're not really friends with or you don't like is like, oh, can I see? And you're like, I guess. Like you don't get two <laughs> shits about showing them. You don't care. You don't care about them. So you don't want to take the time out of your life to show them. In fact, it feels like an invasion of your privacy. I don't want to get my phone out and show this guy my pictures. Why did I even mention it? What's wrong with me? Right. So it's a way of to people that you actually enjoy their time and you're friends with or you love or they're your family, whatever. It's a way of expanding that connection. It's a natural human impulse. Yeah. You know, this, it's a new slides, but it's the it's like this guy said, the super norm. Instead of just showing somebody what you've done, you're showing potentially thousands of people. Yeah. And the thought of not being able to show those thousands of people is it hurts you, and that's my, weird. My Facebook is uh, kind of a diary for me, something that I can use for myself. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have probably many, many times posted something in order to show other people, but for the most part, I I like to think that my Facebook is for me to be able to turn back and look and, and do stuff like that. Um, I've never had a diary. I've never I've never used a diary, but... I have used Facebook and uh, I just, I guess I can't feel the same. Like I, I don't use Facebook nearly enough to like, I don't post things at a near enough rate for me to look back and have like a real nostalgia view, like a little bit, but I mean, seriously, my postings are once, twice, maybe three times a freaking year. I'm straight yeah. up except for, except for secret groups. But <laughs> I um I'm, I'm looking at my Twitter feed and I, th- I have um uh, one, Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. I have mm, I'm gonna say going on thirty tweets. And like I've ever or November seventeenth of two thousand ten. Uh-huh. So in nine years or eight and a half years, I've got like thirty tweets. My first tweet is holy crap, I just tweeted. <laughs> My second tweet, which was two months later, was go Patriots. <laughs> uh, and then I said something to my older kids. Uh, then I t- 
tweeted Nathan Fillion that said I would buy a lifetime membership to Netflix if they brought back Firefly. Um, this is a good one. Uh, let me see. I remember doing it. Uh, oh, I tweeted out that they used my footage for another episode of Nightmare Next Door. Looks like it's time to update my IMDb page. That's when they filmed me at the jail and I was in that TV show. I did not know. What's Nightmare Next Door? It's on uh, Discovery Channel. And they uh, they came and filmed for um, the Amy St. Laurent case. The guy that killed oh. her spent time at our jail. So they were doing an episode on that. But they filmed me doing a bunch of stuff like doing security checks and putting cuffs on people and stuff like that. And uh, they've used it for a whole bunch of episodes. Hmm. So every once in a while, like if I if I've seen I, I'll see a show or something on that network and they'll use my reuse my footage. So see now I have a claim to fame. I am actually on YouTube, quote unquote, beating an inmate. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. It's oh, on, you, it you type you type in the correct uh, combination of letters. And there I am in all my pixelated glory, not yeah. being an inmate, but listen to the ACLU guys say I am. Bunch of bullshit. Uh, in 2013, February 2013, I tweeted, hashtag The Walking Dead has to be the worst show based on the best premise. I'm watching <laughs> I'm watching because I'm invested, but I hate this show. That was six years ago, so... It begins. <laughs> uh, let me see. Here's a good one. I tweeted... On October 8th, 2013, something stupid. And then I remember logging into Twitter one, exactly one year later. I don't even know why. And I so I said, I tweeted, happy October 8th, hashtag tweet once a year. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year, I did it again, hashtag tweet once a year. And I said, October 8th only comes once a year to celebrate. Here's some advice. Never leave anything unfinished. <laughs> ah, clever. Uh, 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 uh. See now, let's let's pretend that you had you went nuts with it once, and all of a sudden you like you got clever and you went nuts with it, and you started tweeting, and you got retweeted or whatever the hell happens, and you got a bunch of followers. How much pressure would that be for you? You know, or like you as in the general sense, like anybody. Well, like how much I... pressure would that be for somebody just to be like, holy shit, I got ten thousand followers, I got twenty thousand followers. I got 50,000 people waiting for my next little quip or joke. And I I was doing it at a frequency of once a week. And now people are like saying, hey, where have you been? And why why, why have you stopped the humor? So now I got to do it once a day. And you're sitting there and you're spending so much time thinking about how do I make my fans happy with my little quips, which that's you as a normal person. Think about if you're a fucking celebrity. I got to go and write this book and make this movie and film this TV show. Plus... I also have to be really fucking clever with my stupid Twitter feed or else I'm a recluse and I hate my fans and I'm backwards and in the stone age. And it's such fucking like, I, it's such a nightmare. I can't even imagine. I, I can tell you that I got cured. I'm not a, you know, public figure, so it's not that big of a deal for me, but um, I, I was cured after the first couple hours of responding to people when, when we had, mm -hmm. I was just looking, maybe I should go back and look, um, indulge me for one moment here. Um, we had 14,718 people like our, not just our picture, but the story that went with it mm -hmm. and 296 comments. And I can tell you right now that after the first 30 comments that I tried to respond to, I was all done. I was cured. Yeah. 
didn't want to have anything to do with it. So like another 200 people plus, at least a significant number of those people were like, hey, why isn't this guy coming back to me? Why isn't he responding yeah. to me? I'm just asking a nice innocent question. You can't respond to me? Yeah. Not no, realizing like looking at through the whole feed and giving each person that asks a question a considered actual response instead of just a road answer takes time. That would take a significant portion of your day. And that's just yeah. 300 people. Imagine if you have thousands. Yeah. Forget it. Nuts. No. I And I've it's really, I've toned back my Facebook use quite a bit in the last year. I don't, who knows if there's anybody that notices that kind of shit. Um, I did post something tonight, but I've shut off. And I, I hope anybody listening to this doesn't get offended because I think that that's just the way it goes with social media is if somebody doesn't feel like they're wanted, they get offended. But I've I've shut off my news feed. Like, mm-hmm. you know how it pops up and says, you know, so-and-so is doing, you know, has said this or... Oh, yeah. I, I don't see posts from other people anymore. I, mm-hmm. I basically have like four or five things come into my news feed. I don't... So somebody will say something at work like, oh, did you see X, Y, and Z? Or talk to me like I, I know what I... Like, of course I, I saw. Yeah. Of course I saw something. Like somebody will tell me that something's going on in their life. And of course I would know that by their Facebook post. News flash to everybody with an earshot, including you. <laughs> I've shut off my news feed unless you're the onion. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. I don't follow anything. I've unfollowed every single thing. My own wife, yeah. which people are probably like, eh, well, you know, <laughs> but uh, I my news feed is empty except a couple of little comedy bits. That's it. I don't like, I don't see anything. And it's not that I don't love your children. You know, anybody listening, uh, if, if you're a friend of mine and you have kids, it's not like I'm sick of seeing your shit. I'm just sick of seeing everybody's shit. It's, it's absolutely nothing personal. And I feel like this apology is over the top anyway. (laughs) I'm just saying that, uh, if I could get away with it, I would completely trash all my social media connections. If I knew that there was going to be an another way for my parents when they're in Florida to see pictures of my kids, you know, right. as, as easily and accessible as like my parents are 1200 miles away yet within seconds, I can like my daughter lost her two bottom teeth tonight. Mm-hmm. I posted that on Facebook. And it was within an hour, less than an hour. My parents had commented. uh, My wife's parents had commented. You know, this is one of those types of things that we get to share being, you know, a thousand plus miles away almost instantly. Yeah. And And that's, and it's, and it's not to just, just to finish up. It's also in a preferred medium where I can post it and put my phone down and walk away. mm -hmm. Like, I love my parents. I don't, don't want to get that text. <laughs> I don't I don't mind talking to my parents. I don't mind talking to my wife. I don't mind those types of things. There's something about being trapped on a phone call. There's something mm-hmm. about being trapped in a text conversation. I like I like the quick fire. I I put something on Facebook, I set the phone down and I walk away. Yes. And I can I, see that that's exactly right. I like that. And, and again, to offer another apology to anybody, it's, that's the way my brain is wired. 
I know that people are wired completely different. My wife can stay on the phone with her brother for hours. I love my family. Absolutely love my family. But I, I can't stay on the phone for hours. I just can't. I, I can't stay on the phone for minutes. It's it's not that I don't enjoy their conversation. It's the entrapment on the phone. I would sit on the couch in my living room and talk to my family for six hours before I would talk for six minutes on the telephone. Yeah, what does that right. What does that say about me? Well, it, it just says you need to like. I feel like we've devolved. It used to be. Yeah, you sit down face to face, you get the full human experience of having a conversation, facial gestures, you know, expressions, all that stuff. And then we took a step backwards and it's telephone. Okay. And it's necessity. Like you, you're not going to get that. You still want to stay connected to somebody that's thousands of miles away, but at least I can hear your voice. You know, I can hear when you're being sarcastic and you're making a joke. I can tell if you're getting tired of this conversation. So I start to turn. But now we're taking a step back and seriously, most people communicate solely through texts anymore. Yeah. And and there's a part of me that's like, Jesus, just pick up the phone. If I'm having a too long a prolonged conversation on text, I get really antsy. Yeah. Like I'm like, let's end this. Either like and I, I say this, but I'm never actually the one to pick up the phone, so this is my fault too. Really, it is my fault. But yeah, it's like this texting little like just, just let's just talk on the phone. Let's just have a normal conversation. And I can talk on the phone for I don't know. I, I feel like I probably have a good hour in me. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm all set. And that's if I have something to say. If I don't have something to say, it's a lot less. But at least it's better than just like stepping on each other's texts. And you have to put these little emoticons in there to make it clear that you're not exactly being serious. Or it's just, I just, let's phone, just talk to me. I don't. <laughs> if you yeah. just have something quick you want to mm. ask me or something quick you want to say to me, cool, fine, text me. But prolonged conversations like i don't get kids that have like entire flirty like cyber blah 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 sex texting i'm like sexting i just how does that do if there's no pictures involved then seriously that's really stupid <laughs> pictures okay fine that's cool but <laughs> yeah well Ugh. my point was i like to be able to take a picture of my location or my dog doing something stupid or my kids doing a somersault or you know riding a bike yeah. for the first time i i like to be able to do that take a picture write a little synopsis put it online fire and forget hey you remember that time that x happened yep i do got it right here on my phone yep so yeah yeah i'm with you i, I kind of like you're talking about you're turning off your feed there's a part of me that every once in a while flirts with the idea of just canceling my facebook account like straight up just so well, i wouldn't have to think but it's I don't go there because I do like getting on there and being like, oh, you know, this one, this person did something kind of funny. This one did something kind of interesting. Oh, uh, that's a decent joke. Yeah. I don't mind that. Spending three to five minutes on there and then calling it good is fine. It's all I care about. But it's it's that little fucking red indicator saying you have something to look at. You know, if you look at your phone and that the icon has that little red number saying there's a new yeah. blah, 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 notification. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. But yes, a notification. <laughs> if, <laughs> but yes. If only there was some way that we could be notified. Yes, what would that you we call have that? some sort of thing. The thing with the notifying. But it's like a little thing that's saying, engage with me, pay attention to me. I'm not going away until you look at me, look at me, look at me. And you're like, all right. And you click on the stupid thing and you go to your notifications. It's like, oh, that was fucking dumb and I don't care. All right. That's great. What did yeah. I spend? Now that's time I can't ever get back. Ugh. Yeah. I do on occasion 
look at other people's pages just for, you know, if I'm curious about something that's going on or if I'm talking to a friend and they're, they're talking about going there somewhere to do something, I'll look at their Facebook page to see if they've added something, but it's not going to come across my newsfeed. No. And it's, I, I recommend doing that. It's liberating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the onion is absolutely fucking hilarious. Anybody <laughs> that is not subscribed to their newsfeed is missing out completely. See, I subscribe to the HP Lovecraft literary podcast, Facebook thing. And I probably wouldn't get rid of that. And I fucking love science. It's pretty good too. So, and you subscribe to masters of profundication. Whenever there's a new episode, it'll yes. Like I've, I've I've, like, I've, I've been railing against Facebook and all the other stuff, but I'm also grateful when everybody shares our shit, you know, when we get a new episode, yeah. Likes and shares it. I'm like, thank you. And that's comes back to, that's how people are known. You know, we spread through the social media now. I mean, podcasting wouldn't be a thing without social media, honestly. So I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. So many podcasts get passed around by word of mouth. Right. And word you of know. mouth means Facebook. Right. Sometimes Twitter. it's some cute little thing that you're fingerprinting that brings up podcasts. That... <laughs> I, uh, you know, I ended up. You I have, ended up. What? I was going to say, you have surreptitiously snapped pictures of certain events in the past but you did not in this event and i am disappointed in you yeah sorry uh (laughs) you're not a bigger creeper as i want you to be damn it i ended up listening to that podcast and it's terrible (laughs) yeah but she was cute and she told you to do it so you did it yeah yeah i was i was retelling that i was telling that story to my wife that she came in and she was all eh, i guess not flirty but she was doing her thing she knew what she was up to (laughs) telling me about podcasts and then i was telling her later in a different story that i'm listening to this podcast that i'm just trying to power through because it's terrible and she goes oh so this would be the hot chick podcast that you're trying to listen to i'm like yeah you put two and two together i i gotta hand it to you (laughs) all right sherlock whatever (laughs) solve the case yeah anybody that wants to waste time on a not good podcast this one called bear creek it's about a uh murder mystery from new hampshire and it's Mm uh it's all the things I detest about podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Lack of Steve Files, number one. That's right. Yeah, yep. I hate, uh, I hate podcasts without Tom with them. It's the worst. We, that's the only podcast that we should uh, we should have on the right. podcast streams. It's the only podcast that deserves your ear time. Earworm. That's right. So we just get in there and lay eggs. Yep. Visualize that right now. All right. Well, social media. Where I get naked and slather myself up and crawl into your ear and start dropping things. <laughs> and you don't canal. just, you wiggle in. Just writhe my way in. Yep. All my That's appendages. All like of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Share with your friends. Yeah. So um, I feel like we can move on. Yeah. I mean, we're being a dead horse at this point, but you get it. Is Social it, media. Yeah. Delete what? your news feed you'll be happier you'll be and then there's the whole you know they've done studies about kids with higher anxiety these days and it's directly through social media but you get the gist social media we're not wired for it biologically it's- well the the little bit the little bit i know about that is uh it's a very specific part of development that you need to keep social media away from kids and that's uh, middle school which is like there were thrives like a kid in middle school without any Facebook. So, you know, Twitter, Instagram would be the freak outcast. Yeah. That'd be like when we were kids, 
talking to the one kid that didn't have a TV. Wait, what? <laughs> you don't have a TV? What the hell? What are you, Amish? Yeah. Parents hate you. Yeah. No, uh, I guess kids do better in high school and college with uh, social media. There's fewer cases of suicides and hmm. bullying and the whatnot. But it's a tragedy. Sure is. Let's let's talk about un- unpopular opinions. Unpopular. What's your unpopular opinion? Uh, I don't have one. So if you would, <laughs> if you would care to, uh, my unpopular opinion is that dogs are great. Dogs are better than cats. That's definitely unpopular with some people, but I am on board. Yeah. Like if you had the choice of, if you just needed a pet and you didn't have room, so you're like, okay, I'm gonna get a cat. Okay. But if you had free and clear choice between dog and cat, why would you ever choose cat? Why? I don't, I don't know. It's I don't insane. know. Unless you like cleaning up cat shit and having your house smell like ammonia. Well, I'd say unless you like being the servant. They've done studies. Cats look at you like you're the pet. Yes. Dogs look at you like you're God. I am I am my dog's God. <laughs> look at him. I don't know if you can see him. Oh, I can see him. He is feeling no pain. No, he's 50-something days without a seizure, too, so... Hey, good for him. Nice. Yeah, I think the meds might have finally taken care of business. See, and if you ever had a cat that had a seizure, you'd be like, all right, see ya. Boom. (laughs) Your shelf life is remarkably short. Literally curb stomp it. Yeah. Fuck you, cat. All right, what's your unpopular opinion? All right, my unpopular opinion, and I'm fairly certain that this is pretty unpopular. Yeah, you ran it by me earlier, and I'm pretty sure it's unpopular, so... I absolutely hate the character of harley quinn i I realized this like about a week ago when i was reading like a comic book or something or something came out like tv or cartoon or something like that something she popped up in some shape shape or form i'm like you know what i find this character extremely annoying let's bring um let's bring the people up to speed that might not know who harley quinn is i I feel like at this point everybody at least knows if they're not Oh, I'm almost certain that if my if my parents have are this far into the podcast without shutting it off, <laughs> uh, Harley Quinn would be for lack of or just in the most general sense. If you remember Batman and his villain, his arch nemesis, the Joker, mm-hmm. he has a girlfriend, and her his, name is Harley Quinn. His girlfriend, sidekick slash punching bag, and a lot of the stuff. Yeah, seriously, like, like it's it's like the quintessential abusive relationship, and that's why she's like so celebrated by you know women. She was an abusive relationship with the Joker, and she got out, and now she's independent, which is all good, well and good. But the way the character is written, like she's always wearing this clown makeup and with these garish colors, which is like okay, that's her shtick, but it kind of makes her a one trick pony, and which you know, which is a little hypocritical. All superheroes just wear the one costume, which I get, but that doesn't help, and then. Anytime you hear it, like if it's, she's in a movie or a cartoon, she's got this nasally potty not mouth. Even, not even just the accent is um Gee, like a New York, Mr. like Joker. Long Island, yeah, yeah. like a Mr. weird Joker. Long Island nasally New Yorker accent type of thing, and it's extremely annoying. And she's always just like crazy and over the top. And I'm not, I'm crazy. Look at me, woo! I'm crazy. I'm gonna do a crazy thing and say something crazy. DC has been trying to push her, like. Marvel and DC had these two breakout characters that nobody expected to be huge. For Marvel, it was Deadpool. And for DC, it became Harley Quinn. And all of a sudden, now they're everywhere within those universes. Like, Deadpool is showing up all over the place. Even not the movies because they don't know the rights. But in the comic books, Deadpool is in the Avengers. He's in the X-Men. He's in his 
like five own monthly comic books. He's like what well, Wolverine was 20 years ago, but he's everywhere. But Deadpool's funny enough. Like I'm sure people are getting sick of him, but DC's doing the same thing. Harley Quinn is everywhere. She's in they're making a new Suicide Squad movie and a new movie called Birds of Prey. She's gonna be in both. Margot Robbie, who's don't get me wrong, great to look at. Probably the least annoying of all the Harley Quinn iterations, but still annoying. She's in cartoons. She's in comic books. She's like she's popping up everywhere. And she's it's always a, with the same stupid, snarky, crazy. Oh, I'm nuts, and I'm gonna say something wacky, and it's ah, I don't like it. Is it that maybe she's just a sex symbol? Not really. I I have a hard time finding her like the Margot Robbie version sexy. All other versions, the stupid clown makeup and the jester's cap is not sexy. It's just the, not the red the, and black. The red and black. The the face painting and the ponytails. Almost nothing about that is sexy. Like the Margot Robbie version is the sexiest just because Margot Robbie is fucking sexy. But beyond that, almost nothing else is. And it's not it's not a sex like I, I had a hard time looking at her as a sex symbol at all. It's just the the humor they stick her with, the attitudes and the characterization I find extremely annoying. Unpopular opinion. Boom. I'm uh, I'm indifferent. Well then we can't hang. We can't be friends. <laughs> That's the world we live in. If you disagree with me, then we're done. I uh, I'm gonna get on Facebook and I'm gonna say what a fucking evil twisted piece of shit you are. And I'll never get it in my newsfeed. Yeah. Ah. See? But what if I tag you? Jokes on you. You can't help but see it. Oh, I I can I can help. <laughs> I can help see it. Um. Yeah. Like I think, especially with the Suicide Squad version of Harley Quinn, I I believe she blew up way before that. But I think that that really brought her to the mainstream. Yeah, and I don't think people see her. I think they see her with the Daddy's Little Monster T-shirt. I don't think people, when they envision Harley Quinn, see the red and black outfit with the jester cap and the white makeup. Mm-hmm. The cartoon version. Now, yeah, the original version. Um, the version that is in. I, I we were talking about this. My daughter is into. Um, my youngest daughter is into that DC girls high school. And it it's weird because villains are not villains. They're just basically mm-hmm. all the girl characters from the DC universe. And they go to high school together and they deal with high school problems. And I don't think Harley Quinn in that is dressed up in all the makeup. Hold on. I have to hmm. sneeze. <laughs> Everything that- shook. That was nuts. Yeah, well, that's what happens when I sneeze. Shakes the ground. Woke the dog up. Uh, <laughs> I think she gets into that makeup once in a while, but the the version of her in the show is not all done up. Mm. But it's, I I believe, I'll, I'll have to go look at some YouTube clips just to see. I, I think she is that annoying New York accent. Mm-hmm. Like... Like like Fran Drescher or something, some like yeah. Long Island. Yeah, there's got to be something wrong with me, so I'll make it my accent mm-hmm. over the top. It's just, uh, it's everything. Like for a while, I was numb. I was like, oh, she's there again. Then it started building. You're like, oh god, again? Oh, this again? I don't know. It, uh, yes, I thoroughly dislike the character. I get why some people like it because it speaks to them, not me. So that's why it's an unpopular. Well, let me see. DC girls. DC Supergirl High. <laughs> How high yeah. are they? Oh, 420. 69. Mm, damn. That's high. Yeah, she is. She's got red and blue 
Uh, you just got to see it. She's got a black mask. She's got short shorts on. She's wearing the black and red checkerboard shirt. And she's got ponytails. One ponytail's got a red streak and the other ponytail's got a blue streak. Hmm. Harleen Quinzel. Yep. Annoying. Superhero high. And she's yeah, got not... the hammer. Yeah, that, that hammer. And she's always coming off as like, she's a supervillain, but she doesn't have any superpowers. Or even in the Batman vein where she's like a martial artist, she's just there and she swings things around and laughs a lot. Like it's not like... There's nothing compelling about her. It's just so bad. At least the Joker comes up with intricate plans and traps and stuff. She doesn't even do that. She's just, here's my hammer. Ah, Terrible. Anyway. Anywho. Did you have a philosophy topic? If you could go, I bet I can piggyback off your philosophy. If it's the same one you're using. What's your philosophy question? You didn't? I don't think I told you what my philosophy question What's your philosophy question? Mine is a weird kind of... uh, I guess we'd say spin on the matrix. Okay. Okay. So here, like I looked up thought experiments and this one's pretty good. So basically suppose the matrix is a thing, but we know it's a thing. Like you can choose to put yourself in the matrix. And this is a completely fabricated world that is 100% believable. Like you feel it, you taste it, you smell it. You, you're living in this world indistinguishable from the real life. But like I said, you know, it's a thing. You know, it's the matrix. You're choosing to put yourself in it. Would you do this pre-programming it into what you want? As in, would you knowingly put yourself into an artificial world of your own making where you get to choose all the variables, all the outcomes, all the all the things that are going to happen to you? Nothing happens outside your parameters. So my relationships, as I know them right now, I would be sacrificing. Uh, essentially, like you could you could put some caveats in there, some wrinkles saying like, you could only go into the machine, the matrix, for a certain amount of time, and then you come out and live your life. It may, maybe it'd be just be like a little vacation thing every once in a while you do. Yes, I would do it in a heartbeat. So you would do it as a temporary thing. So moving on, if they could say, okay, full-on matrix, you live in there. We're going to feed you through a tube. This is your reality. Would you do it? But my the way I am in the matrix is connected to my, like a direct connection to like my brainstem. And uh, when I'm in the matrix, it would be impossible for me to tell whether I'm in the matrix or not. I feel everything. I That could be two questions. Okay, one version. Okay, let's say, yes, you decide, fuck life. I'm just going to live in this matrix. So one way you could go is I'm going to pre-program it with all the things I want to live with and who I want to live with and how I want to live. But I'm going to go into the matrix and I'm going to know it's fake. Or I'm going to pre-program it. And then erase my memory once I'm inside and just be living this idyllic life where I'm blissfully happy all the time. But I have no idea I'm living a false life. If I if I have the people in my life I have right now, then no. I would okay. do it temporarily. I would create a, a tropical island that I was stranded on that has uh, an 80s romp room. <laughs> and big-titted mermaids. Arcade games and all the 80s stuff you'd ever want to... <laughs> see collections of 80s stuff in this cave on this island that's deserted and tropical yeah 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 i would i would yeah. do that from time to time however <clears throat> if it involves so like so like I, ready player one like the oasis that would be like that version of it almost you jack in for a little bit at a time yes have some fun doing whatever the hell you want to do then come back out yes i would not 
uh, I would not want to go the rest of my life without having a, a truly connected relationship with my family. Member. So you never watched it, but there's an episode of Black Mirror. It's called mm-hmm. um, San Junipero, where it's in the you know the near future type of thing. But it's it's the Matrix. People jack in, and they like it's kind of takes place in the thrust of it takes place in like an '80s town. Basically, this girl goes in. She goes to this club. It's all 80s. The music's from the 80s. The fashions, everything's all 80s. But everybody knows, nobody thinks it's not real. It's all, it's definitely, everybody knows the deal. It's a simulation. And the story goes through and she falls in love and blah, 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 blah. And what it happens is the company that runs it can essentially copy your brain. And if you want to, when you die, you live in this system. So like no, Vanilla Sky. Uh, I guess so. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of how that ended, but it, I, I I feel like for him it wasn't voluntary, although at the end they gave him a choice. No, it, well, his was he paid for it and he put himself in there. But he didn't remember while he was in. He didn't remember. And then once he remembered, they gave him the choice. Like, do you want to go back? But this was back, or do you completely wanna... like 100% consent. Everybody knows the deal. No, everybody knows this is a false reality. And the ideal hope behind the whole thing was essentially humans made heaven because once you die, you go to the, your quote unquote paradise, whatever. You, and there's not just 80s. You know, you can go to whatever version of whatever you, you know, 90s. You can go to Tropical Island Paradise. You can go to Ski Resort Paradise, whatever, whatever slice they have it. And they, they were restricted. You know, hey, I'm walking around this club in 80s town, but but it seems dead tonight. So I'm going to hop on over to, you know, Punkville or I'm going to go over to 50s land. You know, you could go freely between servers or whatever you want to call it as much as you wanted. Yeah. So and the idea was you die. If you want to, you can upload your consciousness into this and live forever in this idyllic universe. My takeaway from that has always been, holy crap, what happens after 100 years, 500 years? Right. You know, is this Tucker Industries was the company that runs it. Are they going to keep updating it? What happens if the technology updates? Are they going to copy your brain into better technology? What happens if, like, like that in the show, this it was like a lesbian thing. So this woman and the woman she loved both died, both get uploaded, and they're like together, blissfully happy. Will they be forever? What happens if do they have the capacity to fall out of love with each other to find somebody else? You right. know, like what happens? Like so, this thought experiment of you could pre-program it how you want, jump into it, and live your life. I'm like, yes, only if I had the ability to update the programming as time goes on essentially making me god i I would have to be full-on god (laughs) that's the only way it would work because i would sandbox mode yes i would have to be able to change things to stop from putting a gun in my mouth essentially a virtual gun in my virtual mouth (laughs) because if i pre-programmed it to what i think would make me happy and then jumped in and erased my memory and all and my entire life was this complete predictable falling by patterns like i'm never going to have enough imagination to keep myself completely blissfully happy. I'm going to need an element of surprise and new experiences to be happy. And without having that ability to add those in or to change the parameters or even just to add an element of randomness, I'm going to go insane eventually. Maybe Groundhog not today, day. but soon. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> I was just going to say that. Eventually, you're going to hit a Groundhog Day scenario where everything you've experienced, you're going to experience again because there's nothing new. Yeah. Well, maybe not you, just one day, but... Have you ever seen that... Um elon musk uh conference or he it was a q a that he was part of and they asked him about um are we living in a simulation like yeah 
and he said, well, if you look at technology and how quickly it's advanced, like back in the seventies, you had Pong, which was just, you know, a, uh, two electronic, you know, images of paddles batting a ball back and forth to fast forward 40 years mm-hmm. and you have nearly lifelike virtual reality simulations that are games that are connected with people all across the world running at real time he's like there <clears throat> if, if you take that jump in technology into consideration and how quickly the jump is happening fast forward you know a thousand years and there's like a like a one in a billion chance that what we're experiencing right now is just an on uh, like a an electronic simulation mm-hmm. modeled after you know another race or another being. Anyway, it's fascinating. <laughs> uh, look up Elon Musk. Uh, you know, s- consciousness is a simulation, and it's it's his take on it is pretty good. There's a. Uh... I think that does sound familiar, but we talked about this before. That there's a movie, Thirteenth Floor, yep, where it's a, it's a computer simulation created a computer simulation, and you know the whole thing is the, the main character is a simulation, doesn't realize it until later on. But I remember thinking, and like, okay, let's like take Elon Musk thing. Let's say right now you and me and everybody we know, everything we know is all just a computer simulation. What happens if there's no user? actively dealing with us or looking at us or checking in on us like it's entirely possible that we cease to function we cease to essentially cease to exist and then we spontaneously jump into existence again when we're getting checked up on by the system or by a user like like we're watching like you and me play a video game we're like the sims or something we turn the game off and walk away when we come back again load our save the sims are doing exactly what they were doing the instant we saved it so if they have feelings to them. No, no time would pass. I might turn the Sims off, walk back a week later and play. And a week has passed for me, but for the Sims, no time has passed if they were real thinking people. So maybe you and me right now, what we're considering a continuous flow of conversation has been interrupted 20, 30 times already with hour long, week long, month long breaks in between statements. But we have no perception of that because we cease to exist in between cutoffs. Well, holy shit! <laughs> I'll have to say that if we are the Sims and there's somebody like me controlling it, we're all in a lot of trouble <laughs> because my favorite thing to do was to put in the swimming pool, let somebody go swimming, and then take, <laughs> take away the, the ladder, ladder, and they die. Yep. And well, then my... probably the worst thing that I've ever done in a video game is so I'm playing the Sims and I put in a pool for the neighbor. The neighbor <laughs> husband <laughs> jumps in the pool. Uh, I take the ladder away. He dies. They bury him, and there's a gravestone on the property. And the wife uh, visits the gravestone, and I do. I get in her good graces, and then I hit on her and ask her on a date. <laughs> that was absolutely the worst thing I've ever done in a video game. And then you woohoo on the gravesite. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I went out. You could probably I, manage that to put a bet out there. You could probably manage that. Well, I did get a date with her. Hey, she. Uh, I had to like shut it off and go back to save points because you had there's a there was a certain amount of mourning that she has to go through <laughs> before. But I never had the heart to tell her I killed her husband because you kind of didn't. Your character wooed her, but you as the user, 
your mini character. So in a sense, you wooed yourself. Technically, but she, her consciousness is run by the CPU. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Where my guy's consciousness was being directed by me. Yeah, I, I take it back. You're just a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to kill the neighbor so you can get with yeah, the wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, this is how I know that our reality is not a simulation because some women are not bisexual. And every time I play uh, The Sims, yeah. all women I ever yeah, made or took into the family were always bisexual. Always. Or, always, 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 always. <laughs> or whoever is running the game that we're a simulation of is not a, a teenage boy. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what I did when I was a teenage boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not when mm. I was in my 20s or 30s or... <laughs> God, actually, I don't are, think I played Are you still in your 30s? Didn't you just turn 29? I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, yeah. we'll go with that. 29. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still a kid. I can do whatever stupid juvenile bullshit thing I want to. And nobody yeah. can call me on it. Because it's not weird and creepy. <laughs> uh, very weird and creepy. No, it's not. No, not at all. <laughs> well, I would, to, to answer your question, I would do it as a temporary thing. However, I do require what I consider to be my reality. Um, I would not give up my family. Yeah, because I okay. feel like I feel like if you said my entire family is in on it and we're all gonna lay together like on a you know four stretchers, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, my entire family. We're gonna get like fifteen, sixteen, maybe twenty stretchers and all lay out on them and jack ourselves into the matrix and all experience this at the same time. That is closer. Okay, so would you be okay then with your kids growing up in just a virtual world rather than the real world? A very safe, perfect, happy virtual world, but not real. I don't know as I'd be comfortable making that decision for them. Yeah. I don't know what age would be uh, where I would say, you're on your own. Like, you can make this decision if you want. Um, It would be sometime in the teen years, but. I'm like it's that's attractive. The idea what if it was, is very attractive. What if it was just you? Like your family's not in the picture for I'm not gonna get into it because you know, I'm not gonna say right. oh big car crash and whatever. It's catastrophic just, event. Yeah, just for whatever reason, it's just you. You didn't have to worry about any family members. Would you put yourself in with a supercomputer in charge that all all you know is that the supercomputer is gonna make your life generally happy? But you're not going to be able to choose the details or the parameters or anything like that. It, it's completely like you're not going to have any real knowledge of what's going to happen. You just know that we, like a company, does this. We guarantee that your life will be pretty enjoyable. You're going to have some ups, but your downs are going to be very shallow. Your highs are going to be really cool, but you're going to be mostly normal, reasonably happy person. You're just going to have no idea where it goes, but it will be ultimately controlled. Will you be okay with that? And my family's not in the picture. And your family, you're not abandoning anybody. It's just, yeah. for whatever reason, it's just you. Yep, I would do that. See, now that is essentially religion, right? I'm going to live my life and there's a supreme being that's, a, I don't know what his plan is and I don't know what he's going to do, but I trust that it's going to have the best interest at heart and things are going to generally work out for me. In fact, it's better than religion because you can't, with any religion that's real, you can't make the guarantee that no bad things are going to happen to you. I, I want to say that, it's for me personally, it's not religion for me. It's more curiosity. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm curious about where it would take me. 
and the knowledge that I would have that I would be generally happy and safe outweigh in in this world, you know, I'm I'm probably a lot less safe. Hmm. And that's the that's the core, I think, right there is the, the idea that unlike real life, we can guarantee that you're going to be, like you said, safe and mostly happy. Right. I mean, like I I commute 45 minutes to work and 45 minutes back from work, both relative, like not bad times of the day where I'm going to get in accidents, but more people are killed on the road mm-hmm. than basically anything else in the world. Like that's not safe. It's as safe as I can make it, but I'm not responsible for the person driving it, you know, 1130 oh, yeah, at night. The illusion of control when we drive straight yeah. out. At midnight, when I'm driving home, I get on a road that I'm doing 50, 55 miles an hour. The person coming at me could be completely out of their mind drunk and in my, you know, ready to just clean my clock. Mm-hmm. That That's a, a nightly occurrence. If I were not leaving any family behind and have the ability to put myself in a state where I'm not going to die in a car crash, you know, I'm probably not going to mm-hmm. contract some sort of disease that's going to, you know, give me a tumor and kill me, you know, like, and then there's some sort of CPU that's going to be in charge of making sure I'm happy and can pretty much guarantee that I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, as long as my reality is what I'm experiencing right now, for the most part, pain-free. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. So would I, I agree with you. Yeah. And I wonder if you could make yourself any age, you know what I mean? Like, ah, yeah, yeah. Cause start, uh, like start off young or go back to being young if you want to, or yeah. The ability to make some choices that or you go know, old. Maybe you're sick of like hanging around teenagers. Like, you know what? I want just want to have a nice, calm, quiet conversation. I'm gonna age myself up to about fifty or something. Go play golf every day. Yeah. Eat dinner early. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I usually eat by four thirty. Not even yeah. a kid. Yeah. Well, you're a crotchety old man already. Yeah. Early bird special. Let's do this. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, especially later on in years you you, when your body starts failing like when it hurts to you know yeah when it hurts to get up and your bones are your bones feel old and you know that's those that would be the time to say you know what i'm gonna i'll go ahead and just put myself in this machine here and not feel that arthritis or whatever it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) my dog agrees he looks like he patting you on the shoulder so yeah so did you did you have your own um yeah it was i i think that we actually covered it with the living in a simulation ah great so, minds. that's right uh i do have one philosophy thing that i want to talk about but I'll, we'll do it later that probably fill a whole episode uh well we gotta have a good one for next time so yeah i'll save it for next time all right cool deep <laughs> thoughts by handy jack <laughs> let's do some trivia I got some trivia. I got a little bit of trivia. What do you got? I got one that uh, if you get it right, it is going to be probably one of the most redeeming answers you ever give. <laughs> uh, there are two days in a in a year where there are no professional sports games. <laughs> so you've got the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, and Major League Baseball. They play on a schedule that's year-round. Those those four leagues basically overlap 
throughout an entire year, but there are two days in the year hmm. where there are no games, no professional sports games. What day? What two days are those? Oh, I got it. No, I got it. Uh, Ash Wednesday and last Tuesday. <laughs> just last Tuesday. Just last Tuesday. Doesn't matter when the the question is asked. <laughs> it's just last Tuesday. Just whatever. What year is it? Last Tuesday. What month is it? Last Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Christmas. Wrong. Damn. Who plays at Christmas? Uh, NFL football does all the time. I know they're crazy. Bunch of heathens. All yep. right. So that's was my rock solid answer. That's out the window. Yeah. Um. What days? Well, okay. Uh, is it like a like a holiday type of day or just nope. has a random to do with date it. on the calendar? Okay. It's not a random date on the calendar. It's there's February twenty ninth. February twenty ninth. Uh, that that would be interesting, but no. At least for a long time, it's always February 29th. Only once every four years is it not February 29th. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to accept that as a correct answer. <laughs> You're going to accept it as your own answer? Yes, I accept my, my answer as my correct answer. It's correct. It is the day before and the day after Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And nobody plays? Is that like a... Nope. It's like it's an under-the-table deal. Like, it's, hey. No, it's just the way the... You know, like football goes from late summer to um, late winter. You have uh, Major League Baseball is basically April to October. So, yeah. So football is late August, late August to early February. You have Major League Baseball that is April to October. And then you have NHL and NBA that basically fill in the gaps. So Mm -hmm. those, those four leagues... There's always a game, always a game, except two days, the day after and the day before Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Trivia. So I'm not redeemed. I, it's the takeaway from this. However, is that is going to come up. That's going to come up for you the next time you go to trivia or one of these times you go to trivia with your crew. <laughs> that's going to come up and you're going to be like, fuck you, motherfuckers. I got this. No, what's going to happen is like, oh, Tom said this and I can't remember the answer. <laughs> Shit. Has something to do with the <laughs> no, day. I'm triple frustrated. And then you'll be like, February 29th, mark it down. It's like, you told me I'm wrong. Did anybody play on February 29th this year? No, fuck you. All right, what's uh, your trivia question? All right, it's kind of a combination one. It's about the pyramid. So, uh, where is it? Okay, do you know what, this is the first part of the question. Do you know what type of person built the pyramids? I should say that. I would guess slaves. Wrong. Ha! <laughs> I win. <laughs> I, was, I was given slaves all the credit, and that's what the the popular conception is: is that slaves and some people even think like you know the Hebrews when they're in Egypt and blah blah blah. Not to get too pedantic and you know nitpicky, but the Hebrews were never in Egypt. Got to start some fights on that one, but whatever. Anyway, slaves did not build the pyramids. Engineers. It was paid workers. So, can you guess how many? Skilled laborers, it took to build the pyramids and how long it took them. The Great Pyramid. It took them 200 years and there were 20,000 of them. You are very close on one of those numbers and not so close on another. Uh, it took 20 of them 240 years. Wow, you went just, holy shit. <laughs> you went really weird on that one. <laughs> I think, okay, the 20,000 was close. 30,000. 30,000 took... 30,000 skilled laborers, how many years? How do you, I'll give you one more shot. Because um, I'm nice and being very generous. You should think 400 that. years. Holy shit. 
80 years. 80? <laughs> 80. Huh. 30, but think about that. 30,000 paid workers 80 years. That was an entire economy. Once that those pyramids were built, mass freaking... Yeah, where are we going to go work now? Yeah, what, what do we do? Like, my grandfather started... This has been my family's business for like three generations. Yeah. I don't know how to do anything else. What the well, hell? The reason why I went as long as I did is I, I knew it was multi-generational. Yeah. I knew it was like the people who started building it were not alive when it was finished. Um, I yeah, especially back then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like I, I feel like it was longer, like like a weird number high of like generation after generation after generation the people who conceived it you know conceptualized it and started building it were not there when it was finished so so a little bit of an add-on which country has the most pyramids um i want to say probably mexico <laughs> i get to what you're where you're going like mayan aztec stuff like that yeah it's still in the middle east or africa type of area morocco sudan oh 200 pyramids more so they have more than egypt yeah i like the pictures now, of egypt the the urban sprawl surrounding the, the giza, i know it's such a great pyramids like, of giza for like everybody else pyramids are the, the mythical like like legendary storybook thing there's there's people in this world that like wake up in the morning take a shit look out the window and see the goddamn great pyramids yeah it means nothing to them <laughs> like well the it wonders of the ancient world and you're like Oh god, the tourists are coming again, aren't they? Yeah. Look at those jackasses on those camels. What the hell's wrong with them? Wouldn't you like to get in one of those? Wouldn't you like to get into one of those pyramids and just see what it's all about? Yeah, I would. I would I'd really like to go down and see. But not you'd have to guarantee me that it would be very safe. Because right now, who what who the hell wants to go to Egypt, you know? Oh, I wouldn't want to go to Egypt, no. No. Nah. This is this is like, you know, after the apocalypse and there's no human beings. There you go. Let's go to some Freaking pyramids, man. <laughs> yeah. Just take a tour. Go to the Coliseum and put mannequins everywhere and make them have gladiatorial fights for you. Mm, that's that's what I'm doing in my apocalyptic world, is I'm going to have all the mannequins. <laughs> Give, like, motivational speeches to them. Yep. Manifestos. Yep. Stand from the balcony and start preaching at them. <laughs> that's right. Uh, what was that movie? Shit. Uh, not The Last Day on Earth. It was... Uh... <sighs> Maybe it was. That sounds right. Anyways, that was a great part. Just him sticking out a mansion, yelling at all his mannequins. That was awesome. <laughs> the best part of that movie was at the end when they they hooked up with the black dude and the woman was like, yeah, fuck you, white guy. Yeah. I'm going with the black dude. It's like, like every no. white guy's night, like every nerdy white guy is like, if I was the last man on earth, I could get some women. And he gets the woman and all of a sudden, oh, there's a black dude. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I'm going to go with him. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh just happened to be the last person on earth except this one black dude <laughs> and he's gonna steal my woman giant dick <laughs> the, there's uh, me there's me and a hot chick we're the only two people left on this planet oh wait he didn't even put up much of a fight either he was just kind of like God. he's like yep that's the way it goes. i feel like there was looking back at it there's probably something vaguely racist about that movie but it was also a british movie so they're not allowed to be racist i don't know yeah was it the last day on Earth? That sounds right. The day the Earth stood still. No, no. I just one of my favorite scenes is like he's living in that hotel room and she walks in with that French maid outfit and just <laughs> like completely unexpected, she turns away to walk away and she's bare ass. Yeah, 
it's it's like that. It's didn't expect didn't that. Nice ass, yeah. Did not expect that. It was a weird movie all around. Yeah. But what would you do? Helped. What would you do if you were left alone all by yourself? I think we talked <laughs> about it. Didn't we do a whole episode on the apocalypse? Yeah, we did a whole episode. Has your opinion changed? What would you do? Find my sex doll, sex robot, and just live happily ever after? Let's just call it your sock puppet. Let's, I can name my sock puppet whatever I want. If I want would to you call do my that? Sock would puppet, you go find a sex robot and lug that thing all around? Well, Jesus H. I'd get sick of that thing. This is what you call relocating. Finding a new home. That new home being sex robot factory. <laughs> Uh, so many robots. I'm Not pretty a, sure I, I could think. bring food to the robot factory, but bringing my robot harem outside to the food is going to be much harder. So I'm just going to live at the robot factory. Uh, uh, I I I, I, I got to imagine that attached to the robot factory is the like lotion factory. Like I, I think that's probably already the case <laughs> now. So that should be all set. Just how awkward would that be if you weren't the only person left on Earth? It was like <laughs> it's like. 99% of the population is dead and it's nothing but like everybody dies off except, you know, a hundred males. They all have know, the same idea. And they like you all show up at the sex robot factory, like <laughs> okay, we need to come up with a system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, look, we're not sharing. We all know that. I don't care if we're <laughs> yeah, we are dim. the last hundred guys not sharing. So it's everybody just mad rush inside, just grabbing, yeah. oh, it's mine. It's like they skip mismatching. You got like a black head on a white robot's body just because of the melee and <laughs> grabbing parts from shelves. Cherry 2000. How did you know? And that's one thing when we talked about the apocalypse, when we did that episode, none of us mentioned Cherry 2000, which is insane. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, does he do the right thing? At no. The end? He abandons his sex robot for Meg Griffith, who's back then Meg Griffith was hot. Was hot. I mean, fine. She was a redhead. But, too. Yeah, she was a redhead, but she was like, you know, like willful and independent, and she had opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. And and the sex robot wanted to bring him a Pepsi, if I remember right, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he had the right idea. Travel to the depths of the earth, risk death mm -hmm. to get a Cherry 2000. Yep. <laughs> but he found love along the way. Uh, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, he was free and clear. Yeah. And he just chose poorly. Nope. Yes. It's like the Holy Grail. He had the Holy Grail in his fingertips, but he yep. chose poorly. Now he's going to be stuck with this chick that's way tougher than him. <laughs> so he's going to have like little man syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's going to get sick of him. Like, why was she even in love with this guy in the first place? Just because he yeah. was like, the last guy or what? He was a job. He was yeah. the job. Just take him in, get him the chip, get him out. You know, like a month later, she's like, yo, this was exciting for a while, but goddamn, you're boring, dude. Yeah. See ya. I'm going to go fucking bad backs around the desert now. Screw you. <sighs> that's why I say no to real women, because they're going to mad max around the desert eventually. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Yes, I mean, that's... eventually all relationships with humans end up mad max style. You know what we call that in Detroit? Tuesday. Zip zooming. We call that zip zoom. <laughs> zip when your woman, when your woman takes out to the desert to... Yeah. Start, you know, we call it zip zooming. Zippity zoppity. Give me the pop. I got zip zoom. No, that's weird. That doesn't make any sense. I got well, zip zoom. That's what we say in Michigan. Yeah. The high beams. We put on our brights and we zip zoom. <laughs> Shooting crossbows at like long haired Mel Gibson types. <laughs> Charlize Theron's with one arm. 
She's like, I'm going to go master blast my way through this place. Who run Bartertown? That's what I want to know. Wait a master minute. Blaster. Oh, yeah. Forgot. Anyways. Thunderdome. Yeah, he didn't thunder her dome enough, and she's going to take off. Yeah, well, it's the cost of doing business. I guess. Speaking of which, I'm uh, I'm going to go to bed. It is one in the morning. All right, so who we got? Pithy names. We need pithy names. Pithy names. I, I like, on the outset, I knew what my name was going to be <laughs> early on. Benjamin tweeting about a whorehouse, Franklin. <laughs> Okay, I like it. I'm going to be Bob Master Blasting Detroit Scully. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, zippity zoppity, give me the poppity. Yep, I'll have to go with that because I already forgot what it was I said. Zip zooming. Zip zooming. Yeah. Saying, zip zoom me into your Monday milk. Damn, I got zip zoomed. Fucking A, dude. All I Sweet. wanted was a, I, wa- I wanted to settle down with a nice woman, you know, with a good job. Maybe yep. two and a half kids. There's a there's a country song out there about getting zip zoomed. <laughs> the bitch zip zoomed me again. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Zip zoom my heart. <laughs> zip zoom once, shame on you. <laughs> zip zoom twice, shame on me. I keep getting zip zoomed. The desert's just full of my exes, just running around. <laughs> the dog is laughing. And by the desert, I mean Texas. Yeah. Amarillo by morning. All right, bud. Oak Nuggets. Oak Nuggets. Dip me in your Monday milk. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.